Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 66 of the Megavision Show, uh, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is January the 10th, 2021. I'm Graham Cookson, the production editor of Megavisions, and joining this week, he's tried to be like Grace Kelly, but all her looks were too sad. So he tried a little Freddy. He's gone identity mad. It's Scotty Moe, the managing editor for Megavisions. And Yes, he's been brokenhearted, blue since the day we parted. Mamma mia, here we go again. It's the editor-in-chief of Megavisions, Chris Powell. Hey, yes, and it's the first Megavision show of 2021. So, Happy New Year to everyone. I think we've still got time to say that. And we're back on the line, going out live on Twitch. So keep us company and fire off any questions you have in the chat. Now that 2020 is over, we'll be doing... Basically the same thing we've always done. So we'll be answering some of your burning questions. We'll have our picks of the week where we'll be chatting about a game to play while you wait for Breath of the Wild 2 and a documentary about the actor best known for the Ernest movies. Plus, we'll have a feature discussion where we bring back our little quiz, Graham's Guess the Game game. So now that we've finally sobered up from the waning hours of 2020, let's crack on with this week's Megavision Show! We're back live. Hopefully that intro worked. Oh my god, that was quite scary actually for me. <laughs> but as always, we'll start our show with how our week's been going. So, Scotty Mo, let's start with you. Tell us about your first steps into 2021. Woo, 21, baby. Um, I think that there are gremlins in my game room or my office. Um, I um had a nice little fun what the fuck is going on moment uh recently i for those that don't know this game room is my work from home office and also i have a tv in here um behind the tv are my upscalers and capture cards uh, i only have one of each of those i don't know whether plural um but i have them since i do multiple retro consoles <clears throat> into an upscaler i have the upscaler literally taped down onto the back of the entertainment center so that I don't have to like wrestle with gravity to always find that when I'm plugging something in. Um, and randomly, uh, one day throughout the week, the, it came untaped and just fell and scared the shit out of me. Like it fell off the entertainment center, hit, hit the floor and it scared me. And then as I'm like about to look and see what that, ha what happened, my keyboard tray falls down onto my lap and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like everything oh around me God. is falling apart. Um, oh. I realized my desk is very, broken down and it should not it's 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 like a compacted sawdust and it's been disassembled and reassembled with every move which you shouldn't do so like underneath the one thing holding the whole thing together is kind of just gradually always spreading apart and so i had to like push that so that my t my tv tray my keyboard tray didn't fall down uh actually the upscaler has fallen off again all i see is the the donut of tape on the back of my entertainment center so that was a fun like what's happening um but uh that aside, I guess, that's how exciting my life is, guys. Um, I've been reading Ready Player Two, uh, and um, now I'm enjoying it. It took about a third of the book before anything started happening. Chris, I think you read that one. I know. I've, I've started it. I'm not 
as far uh, like far into it as you are, but I'm uh, totally seeing what you're talking about. Like there's re- there's not a lot happening yet. Uh, I I was hoping it'd get have a lot more action up to this point. I mean, it, it should follow. Uh, hey, what up, social gamer in the Twitch there? It should hey. follow like most sequel guidelines and just like go right in. Like, right. there's no need to add story, especially... And it's not even like it's adding story as if you've not read the first one. It's still just, like, laying out crap you don't care about, other than making the main character sound more like a shithead than he was in the first game uh, uh, book. Um, yeah, there's also... I mean, you also don't have to worry about uh, introducing characters and all this, the, the same, like, character arcs that you normally go through when you're introducing, a, like, a, a, a first of a movie or a book or any of that kind of stuff. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful with it. I already am seeing, I may have even talked about it on a past podcast, so I won't go too much into it, but I'm just not, I'm not super impressed with the way he writes his dialogue. Um, but I, it sounds good though. It sounds like it's picking up though. Yeah, it does. Um, I will say that I didn't notice the dialogue until you mentioned it previously, but now I do very much see that it is a, an adult trying to think how teenagers talk. Hello, fellow uh, kids. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, it's very, like, Disney line delivered kind of stuff that is just not something anyone says to the other one. Um, and, uh, I mean, Ready Player One, I almost feel like I should not have watched the movie before reading this book because now I can't get out of my head how the characters look in the movie, and I was pretty uh, underwhelmed with what they did, which I understand. I just think the biggest flaw of the movie is that they didn't make the main character look like a fat acne-covered kid at first. Like, he was never unattractive. He right. never looked like he, he was... He always looked like he was, like, the stereotypical uh, overprivileged mm-hmm. white boy. So, you didn't feel bad for him when bad stuff happened. But in the in the book, you create what he looks like in your head and everything, and that kind of lent to it more. Um, uh, lent to the development more, I guess, or something. But I'm liking it. Uh, I'm reading it probably quicker than I read the first one, which is saying something because I'm not a fast reader. Um, this is going to be, I don't want to say too much, because this might be spoilers, but it upsets me how little console gaming references, and not only that, but how little Sega is mentioned in either of these books, based on his love for art, his obvious love for arcades and 80 movies. Like, somehow Sega is still barely mentioned in these books, even though they thrived in arcades at one point. Um, yeah. I, I can't help but have this feeling, like, I think, well, Ernest Klein, I think he he has great ideas. I think the idea of this book and the series is fantastic. I think it's just, uh, and so I think from that standpoint, I think he's really good. Um, it's just like when he's trying to, I think he just doesn't execute everything, you know, in like a top tier writer could. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. So. I, I feel like in this one, more than the first one, even like he lays out every, every reference and everything is like something everyone's seen a thousand times. Like, of course, yeah, Ferris Bueller, you don't need to describe this scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We know what you're talking about. Um, I was very happy to hear Johnny Mnemonic, Johnny Mnemonic mentioned in this one, because I feel like that's a, a sci-fi, almost B-movie that not many people have seen, but if, you, if you've seen it, you know it, and you either love it or think it's the dumbest thing in the world. So it was cool to see, it was cool to see that in there. Um, and uh, it's... Uh, a lot of it is kind of scary because it is eerily accurate to what probably would happen if we had if we all had fully functioning affordable VR headsets and stuff. Like, yeah, the world probably would go further into shit than it is already. Can you, uh, can you talk quickly just about the premise of this of, of the book? Uh, the what second one, 
I don't think it's spoilers because it's pretty obvious what happens in the first one, even if you've just seen the trailer or if you just know like there's a sequel, so there has to be. But in the first one, um, Parzival ends up winning the contest. I don't. I, that's spoilers, but not spoilers because it's pretty obvious he's going to be victorious because he's the underdog. He's the poor kid from the slums and everything. Um, so this one picks up almost right after that, and it kind of flashes back to certain things, but it, it it's him and uh, just dealing with the world post-contest, and I I can't... Mm, the part that it gets exciting, I definitely did not see it coming, so I was, I was excited about that because everything else is relatively predictable, right down to like, yeah, he's going to talk about the cars in his garage, of course the DeLorean's there, of course he's got whatever from whatever movie, like... Everything up until that point was very, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cool, cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, so I'm very interested to see how they do the second one as a movie with certain parts that I think, oh, Chris, you're muted. Uh, I think you'll, you probably, like, I can't, I, you know that I can't say what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm curious to see how they develop in the, uh, a, a movie. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that. That was my follow-up question was, how do you think this one's going to translate to a movie? Um, and do you feel like it's been written with that in mind? I think part of it has for sure. And that might be why he's doing more of the generic 80s tropes. Mm-hmm. Or not even generic 80s tropes, but it's like, yes, we all love, oh God, what was his name? Breakfast Club, Home Alone. Jim, uh, Jim, uh, um, God. Shit. Uh, I literally just read his name in the book last night, and I can't remember the guy. Um, John uh-huh. Hughes? Yes, John yes. Hughes. Yes. Yeah, um, right. It's it very much like, yeah, we've seen these John Hughes movies. We know what you're talking about. Um, but so to that extent, like, it's going to be obvious how they portray it in a movie. But at the same time, like, if they don't get the rights to John Hughes stuff, I, they're going to have to completely rewrite, like, three <laughs> chapters out of this book. Um, yeah. Not to, like... Kind of the to the almost to the extent I feel they'd have to redo it like they did the first challenge in the movie that was not just him slowly walking through a dungeon. They had to make it like a death race, which makes sense because watching like basically hearing and watching a kid play D anD D by himself is probably not entertaining for the big screen. So I can see mm-hmm. why they changed that. Well, and that's the thing too is like I, I would imagine with the first book he probably didn't have in mind like this is going to become a blockbuster movie. Like oh yeah, you can had, yeah he had it in his head of like the story he was going to create. Well, the second book, even though he may have already had it kind of plotted out in his mind before that, I would you would think that you know now that he knows this is a, a pretty big series, and whoever produced that first movie or or, or backed, I can't remember if it was Sony or who did the first one. Oh, you mean one company? Because I was Spielberg directed it, so yeah, I can't remember who what company was it, but um, you would imagine that they're really excited about getting that sequel action, and so they're probably really invested on like what's happening in this and i'm i would be really interested if like if they had some like meetings before he actually you yeah. know, did this and they're kind of getting an idea um and maybe they could even start doing like pre-production stuff too um it's cool it's a it, that that's part of the business i think fascinates me a little bit of like how does this happen and as a writer do you have that in your head and do you try to kind of integrate set pieces in your book that's going to translate well to the movie so mm-hmm. just so you know, it's Warner Brothers and Amblin Entertainment who and Vintage Roadshow, mm-hmm. like the Warner Brothers Studios, basically who made it. Is Amblin Spielberg's company? Yeah, uh, that's the one with the ET is the logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
man, if they can't get John Hughes shit, because I know some of his movies were released by Fox, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of music. There's a lot of things tied to specific songs in this thing as well. So, like, if they can't get the rights, this thing's either going to have an insane budget or be rewritten, basically, for the, <laughs> the big screen. Um, oh, no. So, yeah. But I do, the thing, I will I, I will say the biggest compliment I can give to Ernest Klein when he's writing this, he doesn't explain word for word every reference, because he, like, um, he mentions that, uh, oh, yeah, by Yellow plays when they walk onto a bus, and it's like, oh, I know that because, not just because I love the Ferris Bueller movie, but because, like, I've looked up that soundtrack, I wanted that song, I know that it's by Yellow. Like, he didn't go out of the way to say it's the thing that plays in the credits. If you watch all the credits, when the principal is walking onto the bus, like he doesn't do that for every single reference. And I appreciate because a, they're very popular references and B you don't need to, cause it almost insults the reader. They can go off and do their own research. And I felt like he did do that a little bit in the first book. Um, um I think he did movie. more when he was describing, uh, um, arcade games and like the, um, not the movies, but like everything else. Basically, I felt like yeah. he was—he went into more detail than he needed to. I, mean, I am excited to finish the book, though. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you think of when you uh, wrap it up. Yeah, I—I'm wondering how they would do a third one if they do, because um, the way because before I even read the first one, the fact that you told me the second one is out and coming up and it's Ready Player Two, I thought that's the dumbest. That's just the least creative title, but it makes sense for this book, and I cannot say why, despite the fact that it clarifies it in the first chapter. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it so far, but not as much as the first, and I honestly think part of that was because I watched the movie, because um, I can't remember what the character should look like in my head. Um, there's your Ready Player Two talk for the week. Uh, <laughs> I also, I'll, I'll mention my pickups real quick. I got this sweet shirt from Limited Run that is, it says Ooh. Limited Run Games. It's purple, and it's in the Night Trap kind of style. Oh, I was about style. to say, it looks like Night Trap. Yeah, like Night yeah. Trap font. Yeah, they did that on purpose. And then um, my, uh, the latest release by The Midnight, their Halloween EP, just called Horror Show, Ooh. came in. Um, pretty what cool cover. What's that? Did that just release? Um, it's only on Amazon Music right now, digitally. Really cool. Uh, I don't know if this is going to come up very well, but it's like a smoke black color vinyl. Oh, um, yeah, that looks kind of see through it a little bit there. Yeah. So, but it's nice. I wasn't too excited about the packaging because one side of it is a little bit damaged, but it's only an EP, so it's not like double, um, doubly secured or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean that, and that was just pickups cause it just showed up after Christmas and whatever. Um, so I'll probably have some more pickups next week cause this coming Thursday is my birthday. Um, hooray. Uh, that in mind though, I do want to mention this because it was like an event in my week and a lot of other people's, um, ever, well, most people watching and listening to this probably know what Scott Pilgrim is based on either the graphic novels, the movie or the video game. Um, that was released 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago now in 2010. Oh, um, Brian Lee O'Malley is the writer who did this graphic novel that was just a love letter to... It was like Ready Player One before Ready Player One almost. Because yeah. It's due to the game references, other nerd culture stuff, um, that almost and with the movie, definitely like the hipster culture. Um, have you guys... Uh, are you guys familiar with Scott Pilgrim or which 
avenues of it are you familiar I, with? I've seen the movie. So that's all I know. I've seen the movie. I know, I know, it's, a, I know it's other things, but yeah, the movie's anything I've seen. So neither of you have read the books? No. I recommend them. Uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty fleshed out. Um, the movie came out as the sixth book was being written, so the endings differ wildly. And also it's the books encapsulate encapsulate like multiple years of Scott's life. Uh, whereas the movie is like, feels like a weekend or something. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I thought the movie was just like a one-off story in those books and, you know, the, the franchise. I thought the books well, did. Yeah. Well, the second, so, yeah, the second the book is called the whole Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, okay. Oh, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Oh, I was, sorry. I think it was a bit of a delay, but yeah. I, so are you saying all the, all the books cover this, the movie or just one of the books? Um, the movie covers large avenues of the books, except for okay. the sixth one, because the sixth one was being written as, right. uh, like, Brian Lee O'Malley had a lot to do with the movie. So he said, okay, I'm going to write an ending for the movie, but it's probably going to be different from the book. Um, when the movie came out, Scott Pilgrim was everywhere, though. If you were in a certain group, you you knew a lot about Scott Pilgrim, even if you hadn't read them. Because, um, yeah, the game is a brawler. Uh, with music, which is, which has an amazing soundtrack by Chiptune's pop punk artist uh, Automanaguchi. Um, it is a, a it's a side scrolling brawler, four player. Um, Scott Pilgrim. I guess I'll give a brief rundown. If nobody's ever heard of Scott Pilgrim, nothing against you if you haven't, because it's you know been in the ether but not. Scott Pilgrim is a guy who falls in love with a girl while he's dating another girl, and he's in a cool band, and they're called the Sex Bombs. And he's got to figure it out. And this new girl that he's into, she's got seven evil exes that he has to fight to earn her love. Um, <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. That's uh, the weirdest so, story. Yeah, it's fun, though. The, the story's very good. Um, and it, it's relatively progressive for its time as well. Uh, I really like the story. I have a couple of the books. They've been re-released in color and stuff. But they're written like manga almost. Uh, but not not like Japanese backwards to us. But... Uh, anyway, this game was released digital only, and then it was taken down. It was delisted um, shortly after uh, you could get DLC for it that added characters. And the biggest fault of it, when it came out, it did not have online multiplayer. So it's a four-player brawler only on digital avenues. You ha- only had couch co-op. And then after the fact, online multiplayer was released, but nobody was playing it then. And then it got delisted, so like nobody could play it if they wanted to. It's made by Ubisoft. Um, for years, everybody was sending death threats to Ubisoft, Brian Lee O'Malley, Anamanaguchi, because somehow they thought that since Anamanaguchi did the soundtrack, they were purposely preventing people from downloading the game. They wrote the soundtrack because they were asked to, and it doesn't even belong to them. So... That was the... I hate that. And I realize now I sound like a spokesperson for Anamanaguchi with one of their beanies on uh, and then limited run t-shirt. You you slave. I know. I I wish... I would let... Hey, limited run, Josh, Brian, anybody, uh, you know, uh, anybody from Anamanaguchi, Pete, if you guys want to sponsor us, be our guests. Um, So, long story short, Ubisoft... uh, Yeah. And... Long story short, this was the most requested game by Limited Run, I think, to get a physical release because of what happened with the delisting. This is what I preach to everyone. I think most of us on the show preach to everybody, get a physical version if you can, because the download stuff's just going to disappear one day. Well, I'm sitting on my lunch. 
uh, Friday. And, oh, uh, I guess fast forward, people are screaming at Ubisoft, Brian Lee O'Malley, everybody, like, make this game again. Ubisoft, it's the 10-year anniversary. Re-release this game. We will buy it. What is your fucking problem? Meanwhile, Ubisoft has been, like, a piece of shit lately anyway with how different drama, different things of, uh, revolving around drama with their work environments and everything else has been going on. Um, all they put out is Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs anymore. Who cares? Um, so, but then it got announced. Scott Pilgrim is coming back. The complete edition. Uh, everything, all the DLC with it. It's coming out digitally everywhere. Uh, not only that, but it's coming out on my birthday, January 14th, which is cool. And then Friday, they said, Limited Run comes out and says, yo, what's up, bitches? We're doing four different versions of this goddamn game with insane bonus stuff with it. So I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh my gosh, what the fuck? What the fuck? And so the game's getting physically re-released. It's going to have, there's a collection. Okay, the KO Collector's Edition, which is what I'm getting. I should have brought this up, but let's find it real quick. Is going to have the game itself, (laughs) uh, reversible artwork, which includes... Um, I might turn into a, 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 a robot for a second here as I'm loading this on my page, but I'm very excited about this, as most people are. Let's see if it loads. So Limited Run always does crazy different collector, collector's editions, aside from physical. It's coming out on PS4 and... Oh, you piece of shit. Um, it's coming out on PS4 and Switch right now. They said it is going to come to Xbox and um, PC, Graham. Uh, they're going to be. They're going to try to do an Xbox... Uh, physical version, so good news for you, I guess. Wow. Okay, here it is. The KO edition includes the game, Complete Classic Edition, which means, like, the Streets of Rage, it's going to have the bigger, fake Genesis box clamshell thing. Premium Hardshell Roadie Collector's Case box featuring working lights and sound. Opening the case turns on lights and sound. Music from Anamanaguchi, as well as revealing a pop-up scene from Sex Bomb. Anyway, uh, it has an instruction booklet, reversible color, um, a concert ticket, a hardcover strategy guide, a CD and a cassette of the soundtrack, drumsticks, guitar picks, stickers, uh, and some pins, enamel pins. That's the crazy super duper edition. They're also doing like hoodies wow. and a pin set. Um, How much is that going to be? Edition. Oh, that's going to be 140 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That is a and lot of stuff. And then the regular is like 35. Okay. Well, that is a decent amount of uh, stuff for your for your dollar there. Yeah, it's crazy. The reversible art I was about to say has Scott Pilgrim in the pose like Sonic from Sonic Adventure that everyone's losing their shit over, as mm-hmm. well as like a background to the old Japanese cover art of Sonic games. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm probably getting the KO edition for PS4 and the regular version on Switch, and I'm definitely getting those pins because I'm a psychotic person and it's my birthday and I don't give a shit. This is basically made for you specifically, Scotty. Yeah. A little bit. All I need to do is, like, put a guitar in there or something. Um, but the uh, this is easily one of the most requested partnerships with Limited Run. Um, everybody wants, like, there's no way to, like, legally buy the Anamanaguchi soundtrack. Uh, there, there are hints at a vinyl release of this coming out. Um, it, it's It's crazy. It's just nutty that this is finally happening and it's long overdue. And we're definitely streaming in a Thursday night throwdown, so I don't know what else. Uh, I am sorry that I have preoccupied what I've been doing and playing and everything. <laughs> but it's like this is a small victory for... It's not that this was an indie-developed game, it's Ubisoft, but at the same time, everything about Scott Pilgrim is... It feels indie, so... Yeah. 
Yeah. I would like to see them possibly uh, look at Stubbs the Zombie for the, for maybe one like down the line. Stubbs the Zombie oh. is released on the OG Xbox, and it features yeah. it's it a lot of the similarities between uh, Scott Pilgrim being delisted and everything else, uh, and Stubbs the Zombie uh, is very similar. Uh, Stubbs the Zombie has a lot of licensed music, but what they did is they got like uh, punk and ska bands to redo like fifties era like. Uh, like sock hop style songs and music. Cause that's when the, the game, the game is a set in you're this like businessman, you get turned into a zombie and you're basically have to go around like turning other people into zombies. And then you control them to go out and like kind of do your bidding. It's really kind of a unique, cool game. I don't think it's as good of a game as Scott Pilgrim is, but the soundtrack's so, so good. And it's very quirky. It has so much charm uh, some really fun voice acting. I, I definitely think it deserves a re-release at some point down the line. And I hope Limited Run, if they ever get to, you know, looking at, at that game, I think yeah. it deserves it. That Stub Zombies is like one of my white whales of gaming. I had the opportunity to buy it many times when I was younger, but it was when I was a kid who didn't really have money. Uh, like I, So like buying games for like full price, I was just like, oh, not sure. That's like 40 quid. I'm not sure about it. And this is like a Sega game or something. I'd go, oh yeah, I want that. But yeah, this was like, sure about this and i've regretted it ever since because i've always wanted to play that game and it then went delisted off like digital stores and stuff mm-hmm. and you can't get it and, and yeah. now it's super expensive uh yeah if you exactly. ever come across it at a decent price i pick it up because it has gone up in price quite a bit uh, mm. so yeah yeah uh, so scotty is that is that uh, new for this week um yeah i it uh Yes, sorry. I'm looking at Scott Pilgrim stuff on Limited Run site now. Um, <laughs> what is nice, they are going to do their... It's not going to be just 10 and 6 o'clock like they normally do for their <clears throat> uh, pre-orders. It's going to be open for a couple of weeks, so that's nice. Um, yeah, that's good to know. It's a big, it's a big win for... like the, the, the movie did not do commercially well. Uh, it made like half its budget back. Um, oh, wow. I recommend the books to anybody. Give them a shot. There's references throughout his name. His band's name in high school was literally Sonic and Knuckles in the book. So uh, <laughs> Brian Lee O'Malley digs the Sega. So yeah, nice. apparently more than uh, um, Ernest Klein. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> okay, so Chris, Chris, how how's your start to 21 been? How have you, how have you been doing, my friend? You know, it's actually been going pretty well because I got a new TV. I don't know if I talked about it last time, uh, but I was saying as I needed to get this new TV to replace my old like Vizio uh, before I got like a PS5 or a Series X, I, I felt like I needed to get the TV first. Uh, to my luck, it my old TV just randomly crapped out like a, a couple weeks ago. Just one <laughs> night, Jamie and I were sitting there watching the movie and just turns nice. off. And I was like, oh, crap. Well, I was like, well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. So I went down in, uh, to Best Buy and picked up a Sony Bravia. It's an X900H model, which is uh, one of their higher-end, more affordable TVs. It's about like $1,300 or so. Uh, but it does 4K uh, with a 120 hertz refresh rate, uh, which uh, Sony, I think they just put out like their firmware update to be able to do that because the PS5... And the Series S and the Series X can both support 4K um, at 120 hertz. I was able to get it going with my Series S uh, this past week, and I will say it. 
I actually feel like it is a next generation experience. Ah, if that okay. makes any sense, because mm. um, before I felt like my TV, like it just didn't look that great because it was, it, even though it was like technically 4K, uh, just the TV itself was so crappy. I, I felt like I didn't get it, but now with it being so clear, it's a much bigger TV. Also, in my living room, it's a 65 inch. I think that before we had like a 52 or a 55 inch. It looks so awesome, and playing like Forza Horizon 4 on that at 120 hertz is so, so badass. I love it. I was also playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. It is, dude, it looks so goddamn good on that mm. TV. It's it's insane. And then I go from that, I have like a, uh, some sort of like fire TV in our game room. And it's supposedly like a 4K TV too, but it's a, it's, I think we bought it for like 400 bucks. Really cheap. And it's just, like, there's no comparison between that. And so I think, I think if you, if you end up getting a PS5 or a Series X or S, but you don't have the TV, I know it, it sounds like it's common sense, right? But if you really don't have a TV that's going to get the most out of those uh, uh, consoles, then I don't think you'll necessarily have the full experience that you would um, to make it feel like it's a next-gen console. Because if you're just watching it, and you're using your same TV that may be a few years old now and doesn't have the latest features like the 120 hertz refresh rate and things like that, you're not going to get that full experience, yeah. and it won't feel like a next-gen system, you know? I, I, I totally know what you're talking about, because I think I might have mentioned it before on the show, like when uh, when I used to have like Xbox 360 and stuff, like um, basically when I first got that, I had the old-school CRT TV and uh, playing games on it, I was like, these games look good, but it wasn't until I got like an HD TV, and it wasn't even full HD to be honest. It's actually 720 the first one I got because I couldn't afford a full HD. I like realized, whoa, oh, the graphics are like really good. And then I got eventually got a 1080p. I was like, this is what I've been missing out on. Oh my god, like, <laughs> this is what all my online friends have been playing. Like playing Halo 2 on 1080p. I was like, oh, I can actually see stuff in the distance now. I can see bad guys in the distance. Like, but you don't really realize it. <laughs> you, you feel like you're not missing out on stuff, and then you do it. You're like, oh. Oh, okay. Like, this is this is it. <laughs> so, yeah. You still don't um, own a Sega CD? <laughs> like that feeling. It's so funny because uh, my uh, Jamie, she is the complete opposite of me. Whereas I, I love this kind of stuff. I love tech. I love gadgets. Like I just love, I just love the stuff. So, but she's the opposite end of the spectrum. When I first met her, she had this like tiny little like twenty, like seven inch TV. The thing was, it, was, it wasn't tiny, it was gigantic. The screen wasn't very big, but the thing was like four feet wide and yeah. weighed like 200 pounds. <laughs> it was just gigantic. And she would still have that TV today, guarantee you, if I didn't like force her to buy a new TV. Uh, she would yeah. probably still have it and be perfectly fine with it. It drives me crazy. Kate, Kate's exactly the me same. My, yeah, I like the order the yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, oh. uh, this I did get a pickup that I wanted to show real quick. Um, it's Yakuza Like a Dragon. It is the uh, it's a limited edition or collector's edition. This was done by nice. Pix and Love. Uh, this is really the only collector's edition they did. Like they didn't do a big so Sega at least didn't do a big one that was released here in the state. So the only way to do it is to import one from Pix and Love. I don't know if I'm going to open it or not yet though. So it's it's all in yeah. here. Um, it comes with like lots of different, you know, like little goodies and stuff. Nothing like the uh, Scott Pilgrim limited run, but <laughs> nothing. 
Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just throw it away. <laughs> Nothing like that. Just toss it in the trash now. I will say, I'm absolutely loving this game. I bought it digitally because uh, I didn't want to wait, you know, for Picks and Love to do it. But like I said, I started it. Uh, I started playing it on the PS4 when it first released. But then when I got the new TV, I'm like, you know what? I don't have a PS5 yet, so I'm with. I do have a Series S, so I bought it again digitally on my Series S, so I could play it down there. Um, and then the actual physical edition showed up like a week later. Right. Uh, but I'm absolutely loving it, and man, I'm I'm so happy with Yakuza Like a Dragon. Graham, I was saying before, I wish I could talk more about this game because I feel like I'm now really getting into the meat of the game. It's opening up. I'm enjoying it so much more. You have a funny story about Yakuza Like a Dragon that we discovered oh. <laughs> this week. I, you have to tell it because this is crazy. I love it. Okay, so mm, when Mega Visions right. first started many years ago as a digital magazine, we our fantastic artist, uh, Rob, um, he was doing these awesome cover arts and like um, like uh, middle artworks and stuff for the magazine. And it's all digital, but we wanted to get like some of these cool images out there so we thought let's let's do like a tea public um style thing so getting our these this artwork on t-shirts and mugs and stuff you know via tea publics that's an easy way to do it um we didn't really we don't we didn't never really thought we'd like make millions off it or anything and we haven't just to be clear um barely said <laughs> any of them but we, we don't really advertise it i must admit but one of our original um actually have i got ah okay oh actually i've got it on my wall wait one second hold on a second you have the part on the wall, I guess, is what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think he printed so, yeah. it out. Sorry, I, I've got some of the art printed out. Um, so we had, we mm. actually had a Yakuza. Uh, actually, oh, I've got the wait. One second, one more second. <laughs> sorry, Edition number two, I think. Um, apparently, he's going to get his phone to show us the cover of issue two because that was released digitally. But I don't so, know. I'm just I printed, I, I printed out the uh, things to, to go on my wall, like for the first issues ah. of the digital ones, just for keepsakes. So uh, nice glossy photo paper. So this is the front cover of one of our issues, which is like based on Yakuza, obviously. Um, uh, I think Yakuza... the listeners know what it. Oh, so look. for the listeners out there, um, yeah, it's so Rob drew this kind of cool. Um, uh, off the his name, Kiryu, Kiryu, like the main guy from uh, the original Yakuza uh, games. He's like standing in a Sega arcade. They've got like virtual fighter cabinets behind him. Um, he's actually holding a massive gun, which he doesn't really do in the game, but it kind of looks badass. And nope. there's like loads of other sort of Yakuza style characters. And I think he he took that from the uh, zombie uh, offshoot game that they had. That ah uh, uh, okay, it? yeah. I think they but did I, have guns in that game, didn't they? I can't. I, yeah, I, actually, um, I own that game, but I've never played Dead it. Souls, <laughs> I think same. Yeah, Dead Souls. So. Um, yeah, in the issue we, we were covering, I think it might be like Yakuza 4 or Yakuza 5 was coming out or something at the time. And uh, I think we had a preview of it. We wanted to have some Yakuza stuff. But in the center of the issue, we had this lovely bit of artwork, which is another one with um, kind of a Kiryu-style character. And then the background is kind of uh, this awesome uh, like dragon style, like, like his tattoo kind of on his back. But it's... Not quite exactly the same, but yeah, anyway. So it's like Kiryu and this dragon style. And we uploaded this image onto T Public, made it as part of a t shirt and stuff, and we named it 
Yakuza Like a Dragon. So that's the name of it. And we uploaded that like four or five years ago or something. Um, oh, Tornado Jones uh, mentions, yes, he had a big sniper rifle in. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was just saying, Tornado Jones said he had a big sniper rifle If you scroll down and click on merch, you can see the t shirt and buy it there. Okay, cool. Nice. Thanks. Just drop the link in the chat, too. Oh, perfect. Or that, too. Yeah, so yeah, we, we had Yakuza Like a Dragon about four or five years before Sega released Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, and we only really remembered this the other day when someone bought one of the t-shirts. So they must have been like typing in Yakuza Like a Dragon merchandise or something. And it must have just popped up or something. I don't know. We're the only <laughs> ones that have it. Exclusive, baby. <laughs> Exclusive, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the t-shirt version doesn't have this massive Megavision logo in the pornos. It's more, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story, really. There, That's that's what it is. Um, and we're going to get copyright, just... like trademark struck. Like yeah, we're probably going to get Sega's probably going to come and you know get Even us we for did this. First. Yeah, we did. So can we can we technically say uh, Sega? Wait a second, you owe us the money because we had this before you. This oh, has been out there. It, this has been out there for years. Come on. I don't mind giving Sega like the what the two dollar profit that we got probably off that one. Oh year. no no no! Sure. I think we we need the profits from their game sales now. That's oh, what okay. we need. <laughs> That's what uh, we're asking Tornado for. Jones in the chat says, just furthers the theory that people listen to us and use our ideas. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened before with other influencers and companies. And he does mm-hmm. confirm that he did have a big sniper rifle in that game, Dead Souls. Yep. Dead Souls, cool. yep. So, uh, Corey, just so you know, I already spent like 20 minutes talking about Scott Pilgrim, and you need to back me up that it's the most important thing right now. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh so while Corey's doing that, uh, Chris, is there anything else that you've picked up or you've done this week or? Uh, you know what? Nope. That's it. No, nope, that's it. Okay. Yep. Cool. So I'll try and go through my stuff quite quickly because I know we've been doing this for a, a while. Um, oh, Tornado Jones says it's more important than anything else in my life about Scott Pilgrim. So there you go. Confirmed. There you go, Scotty. Vindicated. Get my garbage truck. Truck. Nice. Truck. Truck. Anyway. So. This week, I have recently discovered a TV show that ended like last year, um, Shit's Creek. What a twist. Uh, so, hey, David. sorry, what was that, Scotty? You're not the only one that uh, basically the world learned of this show now that it's been canceled. Yeah, it, it's bizarre. Like, um, I, I knew of the show. It was, it was kind of aired on TV over here, but not, you know, not like a really popular time or anything. And also the trade, I don't know if about in America or if like the, the, the American production studio made these traders for the UK, but the traders they were showing in the UK for the show made me not want to watch it. Basically I was, I saw them. I was just like, that looks like a terrible idea for a show. This doesn't look funny. These characters look annoying. I don't want to watch this, but it won so many awards and so many people have been saying how good it is. Like even people I know have actually sort of seen it and gone, it's brilliant. It's amazing. You've got to see it. And I was like, okay. I like. I was thinking, I've run out of shows to watch at the moment. And Kate and I just sat down. It's on Netflix. And I was like, why don't we give it a try? About halfway through the first episode, I was thinking, mm, I think I was just in that, that mood of like, I don't like this show. And I was like, halfway through the first episode, I was like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, the characters are a little annoying. It's not that great. By the end of the first episode, I was like, I want to watch the next one. And then after the second one, I was like, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I've been, I've been basically watching it. I think I'm on to season two now and uh, I'm just really enjoying it. I think it's a very, very good show. Um, it's it probably not so the funniest better. show I've ever seen, but I just, I think it's very good. I love the characters, especially the son. I, I love also, I actually like most of them. Like 
In fact, pretty much like all the characters so far in it. There's there's some of them that have these annoying quirks, but because of that, they're actually kind of fun characters. Uh, well, it's, and no, yeah. And no one's quite the stereotypical character. There's some that have some stereotypes <laughs> in some of them. You think, oh, it's just going to be one of the stereotypical characters. But then they'll do or say something. You're like, oh, okay, they're actually quite intelligent. Or, they, yeah, they're not the, quite the character I thought they were going to be. So. I think one of the important things that it has going for it is all the characters are flawed and relatable. I think that's one thing that's very important uh, in in a show yeah. like that because you want you want a character that you can can connect with, uh, but you also want them to be a flawed character. You have to see them grow and get better. Um, yeah. And this show does that so well because yeah. you're right. Like in the beginning, they're all just like very superficial. They are selfish. They you know, but even through that, uh, there's still a love there, and they're a family in their own way. But then you see them continue to like grow and. As the when the series wraps up, Jamie and I watched the whole like series. I was bawling my oh. eyes out in that last episode. I was super emotional because I I knew that this was like it. This is like these characters. Like I I love those characters so much, and it, I knew oh. that was the end. Uh, and so I wow. I'm I'm excited for you guys. Okay, uh, because there's so much good stuff. Like such so good characters. I love it. Excellent. And j- just for, in case anyone doesn't know about the show, essentially what it is, there's this um this family who are very rich, very well off, and. And the very, very start of the first episode, effectively, um, it turns out their business manager has basically taken all their money and just run away. Um, and it, and, uh, so they've basically lost everything off the mansion. They've lost all their property. The only thing is they've got is like some of the clothes that they could basically take with them. And it turns out that several years before, for a joke, the dad had bought this crappy old town for his son for his birthday one year, like his 18th birthday. Um, I don't think you could do that. <laughs> yeah that's the weird thing can you buy it out but yeah he did it and it was a joke that's that kind of the funny thing about it it was just a joke and they completely forgotten about it but it's kind of a really crap backwater town and it's so bad that the government didn't want to take it off their hands they're just like yeah you can just go live there basically and they're basically forced to go and live in the motel um <laughs> there basically and so yeah they're really rich and super superficial and they've had this like very privileged lifestyle and this backwater town kind of thing they're more they're not idiots but they just have a more simplistic lifestyle if that was what makes sense um but yeah you sort of see that with their superficial life they're kind of idiots about certain things but they're i in theory they're better educated people whereas the people in the town are less well educated but they're they it's just um it's just a different different style kind of lifestyle but i i like that the, the stereotypes do have like there's no they have minor stereotypes about the different characters but at the same time you can see the cracks through them that they are just people and as you say chris they're very relatable each of the characters i found are very relatable and it's just so funny um yeah really good um yeah i know tonado jones says about um uh about i think about the adverts when i said the adverts over here just were rubbish for the show he says um that happens a lot happened on a show called reaper that i loved yes i remember watching reaper i think i only saw the first season or so i don't know if it did much more, but I love that show. That was really fun. That was the first show I saw. Um, what's the one guy? He went on to be in Tucker uh, and Dale. Mm. It was the friend on Reaper. It was his. Uh, it was the main character, but he's gone on. He's done lots of stuff. He's in you know big movies now. He had another show too where he could. He was like a um, a media. He could see dead people. Oh, it was awesome. And it was like based in New York City, and he just worked at this like uh, like little uh, corner like stand where he sold newspapers. But then he would go on like 
these uh like uh, he'd take on people's thing like problems and stuff if like they're getting haunted and stuff. It was hilarious. So apparently his name was Socks in I guess in Reaper. Um mm. says Tornado Jones. It's his name was Socks in the show. So, yeah, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't actually remember the actor's name or anything. But uh yeah, it's annoying when they do that. And that's happened with movies and stuff as well, I found. Uh, oh, Tyler Labine? Yep, yeah. Tyler Labine. Nice, nice. He's good. That must uh, be the guy that's not in Firefly. Right. Yeah. And I'll add to that, uh, Graham, because you didn't mention who the cast is. It's Eugene oh. Levy, his son, um, Catherine, uh, what is her last name? The mom in <laughs> Home Alone, the mom in Beetlejuice. Ye- yeah, I thought it was sure, Hera, right? is it? Something like... Yes, yeah, Catherine so. Hera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know the other actress, unfortunately. Uh, but, um... I fell in love with her. She yeah. is very pretty. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I'll just say that. Yeah. Let's say that. I haven't seen that show, but I'll also say that I think, uh, internally, Chris and I are disappointed that you think there's nothing else to watch on Netflix when Cobra Kai Season 3 just came out. Oh, no, I do want to no watch joke, that. No joke. I, so I, I re- yeah. But Kate, I, want, I, I watch shows with Kate quite often, like of an evening, and I've seen the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. She's not seen any of them. I'm like, we can't watch Season 3 without you watching the first two. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I'll watch it at some point. I'm just like, oh my God, please watch them. <laughs> Donnie Lawrence's <laughs> character in that show is so good. He, I, yeah. That actor, man, I forget his name, but he's awesome. He's so good in the show. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um... I can't say anything because it's very hard to not spoil what's going on in the show, but there's so many characters that they do such a good job of making you hate them. And that's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the few shows that after I watch an episode, I, I sit there and think like, I need to better my life in certain areas. You I know? think though, yeah. the show also shows like how to do these type of shows because it respects the source material. It respects the, prior characters and it integrates them in such a way that i've not seen another show do like like something like this um i i think the writing is just really good on this show much better the series is so much better than it should be it should just be corny and stupid it probably um the if you told me the premise i would have loved it but the execution i would have thought there's no way they're going to nail this thing and they did and yeah that's awesome so good um just touching point uh, from Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, no, Scotty, you go ahead, sorry. Um, to tie up the Cobra Kai stuff, Corey points out, Tornado Jones points out that uh, in season three, Proto Men, the, the musical group, the Proto Men, actually has a cover of In the Air Tonight somewhere in there, which is pretty cool as well. Um, nice. I was just going to say my last thing about Cobra Kai, it's really cool that they acknowledge the movies outside of just the first one, because I feel like that's all anyone remembers is like there was one Karate Kid movie, so... Yeah, that's cool. Um, and just to touch on what you were saying about Shit's Creek, uh, Annie Murphy is the daughter, so like the the other sort of main actress in it. It was okay. Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, his actual son, and Chris Elliott, who's in most of things. Uh, Chris is my favorite. You may not really know who he is, but yeah, he's like in there's something about Mary. He's in Groundhog Day. Um, Scary movie. Yes, I own yeah. his autobiography. I'm a huge Chris Elliott. Fan. Okay. Yeah, he's a cabin uh, boy. Yeah, he's great. And um, William Zabka is the actor who does Johnny Lawrence in Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there we go. Um, so yeah, some great shows. So yeah, hopefully I'll watch Cobra Kai soon. 
Uh, and I'll tell you more about Shit's Creek when I get through a bit more of it. But yeah, other than that, I have actually got some pickups. One is a game by Ubisoft, which I'm enjoying, but I will talk about that later in the show, so I won't say anything more. Um, I got a little surprise the other day, um, just randomly got a parcel from like uh, somewhere, and uh, it's a little Shemu 3 capsule uh, toy. Oh. So God, I guess that's from my Kickstarter backing. So I've got it's a Shenhua is in there. I don't know if you can see it. I'm just uh, showing it to the camera. Little Shenhua. Shen- I haven't actually opened it. It's going to uh, be 30 fucking years from now, and people are still just randomly one day like, "What is this?" You pick it up. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a Shenmue Three thing. Like I forgot. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be releasing until Shenmue Four comes out. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually forgotten what I was meant to get with it. I got the game one day. I was like, "Oh yeah, I got the game. Fantastic!" And then like three or four months later, I got a T-shirt. I was like, "Oh." Like, I was like, has Sega sent me this to me or something? Sometimes I get stuff from Sega. Then I realized, oh, wait, this is actually one of my Kickstarter things. And then, yeah, today, well, no, it's two days ago this came through. And it's just like, wow. Oh, dear. And also, very exciting. So I did mention this the, on the other show the other week that uh, I, I wanted to get for Christmas those Sega cushions. And they've actually finally kept, uh, well, I didn't get them for Christmas on my birthday. Scotty's pointing at behind him. He's got the Dreamcaster ones there. Uh, so he's got the Dreamcast controller, which is awesome. And he's also got the, what have you got there, Scotty? He's also got the console cushion. Well, I really want to get the Dreamcast ones. I couldn't though, in the UK at least. Um, they, it sold out in the, the Sega shop Europe. Although Scotty, I know you did put up a link to another site that is selling them, but I'll try, I haven't actually yeah. looked at that to be honest. But I did get the Sega Saturn cushion and I got the Mega Drive cushion. Um, the saturn controller and (laughs) the mega drive controller and yeah these things are huge because okay just give an example this is what i thought i was beginning this is a harry potter cushion basically it's like a little cushion not very big um maybe like 20 or 30 centimeters across and height a little square and yeah this is size up for a four-year-old kid probably comparison this is my comparison you can see Makes the other sense. one is the size for your average really times the size of that Harry Potter pillow. Yeah, like this this tiny controller pillow cushion for it's look at mine compared to yours. Okay, well, <laughs> listeners, hot... just take that as you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this thing's like a giant cross. The Genesis controller is like two two gram heads, and it also <laughs> is. Are those reversible as well? Like this controller they are. Is? Yes, yeah. they're reversible, so you can actually it can open it up and it turns into a proper neck pillow that you can take on planes. But they're kind you know of shaped you... like neck pillows already. They're great. You know what? I... Someone could turn that into a functional controller. Probably. <laughs> probably could you do. could do that if you just put like little like buttons and stuff of like that. I, I guarantee yeah. you there's people out there that could turn that <laughs> thing into a real controller, yeah. which would be uh, awesome. The thing Follow is your dream. These are su- I'm actually surprised at the quality of these as well. Like the actual design on them is really good. They go into a lot of detail. They've got all the stuff on the back, the front and stuff. Um, but they actually, the, the main cushions are super soft. They're so comfortable to touch. Um, and the, the controllers are a I bit firmer. I love how excited Graham is for this. Like, this is awesome. I was genuinely, seriously, I was thinking these are going to be small, crappy things. I'm just going to be like, oh, that's a cool thing. Nice thing to have. Because they're actually on sale at the moment, or they were when I bought them. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of nice to have. But I've been using these on my sofa, in my bed, and stuff like that. Like, I take, I've been taking this to bed and actually using it as I'm reading and stuff in bed. And in the shower so at work, 
on driving. Yeah. I want you to take yeah. that on a plane with you when you come for PAX East or E3 oh, next time. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm genuinely tempted to buy another one just for traveling. Like one that I could take out the house, take with me. <laughs> yeah, you know, have one in the car in case I need to sleep over in the car somewhere. I don't know. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I'm all so, yeah. excited about a game that's coming out 10 years later and Graham's talking about pillows. We've got a priority. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's that's all the great What's stuff. Even better, Graham, is you take that with you, but then you also bring like your portable, like uh, like Genesis or something like that, and you can <laughs> actually you plug it in and use your little <laughs> pillow on the plane, and then it can also just double as your little deck pillow. So super functional. I love it. Perfect. That's brilliant. And that's that's my week, basically. Yeah. So, um, should we go into Scotty Moe's Mail Sack of Wonder now, or, or do we need a break? What are we thinking? Um, I'm okay to keep going if you guys want yeah. to. Let's yeah, going. let's keep going. Let's keep, let's keep the show rolling. So, we are going with Scotty Moe's Mail Sack of Wonder. Here it is where you ask us stuff and we answer it, hooray. Shut up. Now we're back. We're back, Scotty. Now, now you're ready. Not, yeah, I wasn't before. And so, this <laughs> up, nope, and it's time for the mail sack. Uh, no feedback for him, fuck him. Um, Twitter, nothing on there, but in the Discord we got from Mr. Haru, asked, what was the recent case where you tried to get into something the gaming community swore was an A-plus game, but you could not for the life of you, wait, but you could not for the life of you, couldn't like. For me, it was Celeste. So he's saying something. Ooh. I feel like this is Graham's life story, but there was an yeah, A plus game that the world just exploded oh. with love for, uh, but you just did not. Or what happened? Okay, I, I know. Remembered is what happened. That's oh, I know. Recording and start <laughs> or something. I was scared. No, no, no. I just, I just thought of one, one. I've got many games for this. This, this, this is this uh, is my topic. I feel like I. Yeah, this could be my topic of the year. Yourself. Everything I own for like six years, and he's so excited for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, The 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 one that just jumped to my head as I turned to look at my shelf and realized I've got got something right next to my head. Basically, is Red Dead Redemption Two. To be honest, I didn't even enjoy the first one a huge amount. I thought it was quite is okay, but I the. Red Dead Redemption 1 came into fruition for me when they released the Undead Nightmare expansion and turned it into like a yeah. zombie game because that suddenly just made it so much more fun. The missions were way more fun. And Red Dead Redemption 2, I like the idea of Red Dead Redemption. I love cowboys and I love open world games. Um, but yeah, I I just find it boring. I just find them so boring. Like the missions aren't fun. Like I don't, I don't know what it is about them that... I've got a friend who loves this game and she was telling me about it. She's like, you got to get it. You got to get it. So I've got, I got it on the Xbox, um, Xbox one. Uh, I've got, I got it on my shelf. I'll put it over here. Here we go. Here we go. I got the special edition on Xbox one and yeah, I, yeah, just did not enjoy it. I played, I played several hours. I maybe played 10 hours and I probably haven't even barely touched it. And I'm just like, eh. and she's saying about all these like special things. She's un- unlocked and stuff. She's getting really excited about it. I'm like, you should come over and just and like we we should play some games one day. And she she did. We we're playing like games like Halo and Gears of War. And then she's like, "Oh, have you got Red Dead Redemption Two yet?" And I was like, "Yeah, here you go." And she like basically loaded up the game and started playing on it. I just watched her play it for like three hours, and I, I found it more entertaining me watching her play it than me playing it. Basically, hmm. so she unlocked loads of stuff for me. I didn't even touch it. Basically, <laughs> nice. Um, 
Yeah, so that's that's basically that's, what uh, to your to your defense. A lot of people have complained about how long winded parts are that you can't skip. Like you're gonna have to. Yep. Oh, you skinned thirty animals before. Here's how you do it again. Still, so you're gonna have to do the whole damn thing, like stuff like oh, that. God. Um, that's fine. I never cared about GTA Five myself. I was just thinking of Rockstar stuff, but that game has been on three consoles now. So, uh, oh, GTA Five is another one actually. That fucking game. Sorry. <laughs> like oh my god yeah i i like the gt the early gta games like gta 1 even gta 2 i didn't mind even though that wasn't the best yeah, the top, gta 3 yeah. was really good vice city is amazing love san andreas even like the vice city stories gta 4 was like Ugh. and then gta 5 came out i'm like i don't like any of the main characters in this game i think the world looks amazing what they've done and what they've created is beautiful I don't think any of the missions are that fun. I don't like any of the characters. This is not the game for me, basically. Um, and driving the cars is no fun anymore. I just, like, like I used to like getting the cars and souping them up, modding them and stuff. You know, like in San Andreas, you could do all this cool stuff to it. Sorry, okay. I, I'm taking over. You guys, you guys go. Is there any AAA games that you guys have played that you're like, I can't get into this? I was literally uh, going to say GTA 4, but oh, I'll let... Go into it. Talk more. Talk more about that. <laughs> I, I mean, you said the same. I mean, I think you, you nailed it, so... Fair enough. That's all uh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my gut reaction is Doom Eternal, uh, and this yeah. is going to surprise no one, um, because I complained about the game so much on social media as I was playing it. I loved Doom 2016. It was such a surprise. That was kind of another remake that... Or something... Almost along the lines of Cobra Kai, like, okay, yeah, of course Doom. I mean, Doom is either going to be like, you guys are remaking Doom, or it was supposed to be known as Doom 4, or it was at one point, or whatever. Um, shut up, Corey. Uh, he says, <laughs> oh man, here we go. Well, um, I was complaining to him the most about it. So, Doom 2016 has kind of an arcade feel. It, it felt like almost an homage to the original Dooms, and um, it was just fun nonstop. Uh, go, 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 crazy power-ups, crazy guns, like these just, uh, it engulfed you at, uh, in these different areas. I forget what they're called, where you get trapped inside a room with uh, a bunch of other monsters a couple of times throughout the game. Um, the plot was interesting, the main antagonist was interesting. Doom Eternal kind of threw all that aside, and instead, Slayer Arenas, that's what it is, thank you, Corey. Um, ow. Doom Eternal... Um, I was ready for the next, like, I want more of that. Like, they even in Doom 2016 even released an arcade mode where you go through the levels just to beat the top score or get your score higher and stuff. Um, what up, Red Jaguar? Uh, and so, uh, we, so Doom Eternal, that was when the pandemic hit. It came out the same day as Animal Crossing New Horizons. And so that was when the pandemic hit and didn't really know if we could even go into stores safely and stuff. So I bought it digitally and downloaded it onto my PS4, full 60 bucks and whatever. I had never done that before. I, I was very much against doing that for full games. Like I was, I was, I was still at that point, I was still weary on like spending 20 bucks for a full game digital download, but that that's old man Scotty talking. So, um, so I got Doom Eternal and I started playing in it and it felt kind of the same, but then I was getting to parts where it was like, just too hard. Like the difficulty ramped up immediately and never let let down. It it was it was just difficult upon difficult. And like n to for me, not to the point of it, there is there are games that are challenging and still fun. Um, like an example of that for myself would be Hotline Miami. Like mm -hmm. that game is so frenetic. That's 
kind of speaking of the early GTA games, it's a top-down uh, view where you're pretty much a, a, a hitman for whatever reason. You're not even sure. I'm still not even sure after finishing the first and most of the second game. Um, but that game's like go, 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 frenetic, pretty fast, kind of arcadey. Um, but it, it gets harder, but you learn and you adapt and you feel like you get better as a player as you're playing the game. I did not feel like that with Doom Eternal. I felt like I had never played a game, a video game in my life with most of Doom Eternal. And uh, Corey brought it up that this is, it's it's Dead Souls. It's Demon Souls, not Dead Souls. It's Demon Souls. It's Dark Souls. Like, it's that kind of, like, kicks your ass, doesn't tell you why, doesn't tell you how to do better at these parts, kind of just throws stuff at you. Um, and it, it gets harder. Not, for me, it wasn't challenging. It was just not fun suddenly. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I can't return this. I paid $60 for this fucking thing. I'm going to fucking finish it, even though I hate it. And I think my hype level was a little bit too high because I loved Doom 2016 so much. That was my game of the year that year. And I don't really play too many shooters, new ones, so there was that factor as well. Um, There were platforming elements to it that just, like, they break up the monotony, but at the same time, I was just like, this is dumb. Like, I'm dying on these parts, and I don't even understand why. And um, the, the biggest crux of it is I was playing it on a controller for the console. It was definitely made for keyboard and mouse. So I felt like I was being punished because I didn't want to use a keyboard and mouse, which I think you can do on the PS4 version, but it's definitely made for that with how many... Like, you're going to use every button on the fucking controller when you're going into these Slayer arenas. And I just... I was doing stuff over and over and over, and I was just like, I don't... I have to stop playing this game because I am... It is actively stressing me out to play this. So... And like I, people have seen me rage plenty of times playing games, but this was this was like, how do I return this game? I don't want to even finish this. I've, I mm. I hate like I'm dreading. I'm only starting up this game and playing it to finish it to warrant my purchase at this point. I'm not even having fun. And um, Avali, oh what's up? Avali says in the chat, uh, Doom Eternal suffered from the devs forcing you to play it their way. Uh, Corey says there, yeah, I enjoyed the punishment in Soulsborne games, so I enjoyed Doom Eternal. I hate that. Uh, I do not ever want to play any Dead Souls or Demon Souls because I want to have fun with games and relax with them. Uh, I don't want to play a game that is challenging and difficult continually because so, I'm trying to relax with a game. Have, have you not played any of the Demon or you know Dark Souls games or anything? No. They had okay. they don't hold any effect on me, but also I'm not okay. into medieval stuff, so the first thing that turned oh, me off of them was the aesthetic. Okay, so you probably wouldn't like it then, but I find the difficulty that, yes, they're both hard, Doom Eternal and uh, Dark Souls and stuff, but I find that difficulty feels very different between the two games, because I also didn't really enjoy Doom Eternal that much. I played it a bit and was just like, this is... I'm glad you said you felt like you never played a game before, because I was playing this, like, have I just forgotten how to play first-person shooters? Like, what is going on? Um, Oh, for Doom Eternal. Yeah, for Doom Eternal. But for Dark Souls, Dark Souls is super tough. But it's kind of like when you die, you kind of you understand why you've died, and it's it's not so frenetic most of the time. There's, there's bits where right. it gets a bit frantic, but you kind of understand why you've died, and it's almost like the challenge. Like, oh, this is how I think I know how to beat this guy, and then you, you, know, you sort of come back and you try and like take them down and stuff. And the way you explore the world and stuff, I think, is a lot more entertaining. And and you, basically, you can find different routes. You think, oh, I keep dying on this guy, yeah. maybe I'll go this way and try and find another route to unlock something or unlock the next path or something so yeah and doom eternal i was just like i'm dead okay i'll go back in yeah like dead like 
like oh am i just missing something here there's no other way to go around this it's like a very linear game yeah i i'm with your right, mood yeah. i was just like wow yeah <laughs> it was just like a hit face uh, constantly yeah and a lot of it is like you don't have the the things stuff that you need like a quick turnaround like you need like auto aim almost or something else that like lends to it and then the the one the the most challenging thing in that game even outside of the bosses is the marauder which is an enemy that throws dogs at you he's he's this kind of a dark knight not batman but he he's in armor he's got a big axe i think it is it's been a while but um you could only he would throw things at you and block every attack unless you could hit him when he stunned sort of and then go in there real close, but he would also throw these dogs at you while other enemies are happening as well. So that was just, anytime that happened, I'm just like, fuck me, here we go. Let me run away for like five minutes before I actually talk uh, talk to him, attack him. <laughs> and then recently the DLC, or when DLC was announced, it came out at the end of the trailer. Now you can fight two Marauders at once. I'm like, Oh, I'm fucking super over this. I'm not even touching that. Um, so it was very much like you had to play yeah. the game the way the devs wanted you to play the game. I didn't feel like it. It wasn't an homage to the old Doom games, and it was more the souls and kick the yeah. shit out of you. And that's how you learn. I teach you by kicking your ass, kind of thing, and which fit, which works for some games. But I, I felt like it was a bait and switch, to be quite honest, because I was so happy with Doom 2016. That when I played Doom Eternal, I was like, did I, like, did I make a, am I wrong for wanting this to be what I think it should be or something like that? I don't know. So, yeah, I could, I've talked about Doom Eternal so much in the past. Uh, people can agree or disagree. I don't fucking care. Um, it wasn't the game for me and I was super disappointed with that. So, yeah, I, I cannot completely understand that, especially as you say, the previous game was like a success and you, it's quite right to think, oh, it's going to be similar to that. It feels like there's going to be the sequel to that. I think also just the lead up to Doom 2016 because the the um, they released a demo that was only its multiplayer and not that fun. But then I pre-ordered this thing anyway. I got the main one and I loved it. So I was like, oh, okay. That was just a bad first impression. I kept having that in the back of my head for Doom Eternal. was right. like, oh, maybe it just I haven't gotten into the, 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 the correct meat of this game yet. But and then I think what really solidified, like, I'm not playing this game wrong, was when a um, cyber demon shows up, and I killed him in one fucking hit, because I used the thing that is essentially a railgun, but, like, just a, a, like, it lobs his head off, and it his head, like, spins off, and I'm like, that was a cyber demon, wasn't it? Like, that should be one of the most challenging enemies, that's the challenging enemy known, that, that the series is known for, and I just killed him in one hit. I don't go, I don't know what I'm doing anymore in this game. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that far in the game, so yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Corey also points out there was a ton of hype around Resident Evil Six, but we all know how that turned out. Yeah, as a huge I, Resident Evil fan, that put me off the series for two solid years. So I don't even know what happened with that. I I gave up after like I gave up um, five basically. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Five did really well commercially, um, and uh, then Six came out and it tried to do. It was Capcom trying to be Call of Duty with Resident Evil 6. Uh, and it didn't make sense. It spread itself too thin, like worse than Sonic Adventure did with different characters and stuff. Because um, there, there were three campaigns in that game, each starring two characters. And there's too much going on. Um, 
catching up on this chat here. Avalee says, I share this sentiment. Um, and Tornado says, pushes my glasses up. Um, actually, that's a tyrant, Scotty. I'm not even sure what he's referring to. Um, oh, you mean the cyber demon? Hey, he looks like a fucking cyber demon. God damn it. Um, Hells was here. Welcome to the chat. Uh, CP77, Cyberpunk, was definitely my biggest disappointment of the year and possibly the last five years. That's okay. I think that's fair. <laughs> uh, and if I've, we want to read more um, responses to answering the question, which to mm-hmm. go back there, it's what was a recent case where a, a game that was A-plus with everybody else you couldn't get into or didn't like. Red Jaguar says he couldn't get into Bioshock. Mm, I... I... Really like Bioshock One, but Two and Infinite I just couldn't get into for some reason. Even though Infinite, I, I feel should be good. I don't know. I like. I really like the first one. Uh, I read the book called Rapture, which was the prequel to the game. Um, oh, yeah. Funny that I read a game based on a game that was based on a. All right, I read a book that was based on a game. The game was based on a book. Yeah, Street Fighter the right. movie. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought I thought the original Bioshock was really really good, and there's a twist. There's a kind of like a semi mini twist at the end, which I don't know. Can we say it? I don't know. Um, this is spoiler for anyone who hasn't played it, but yeah. Uh, the, but yeah, Bioshock Two just felt like an expansion pack to me, and didn't feel like a good enough sequel. But yeah, um, Hell was here says people didn't like Infinite, but I loved it a lot. Story was very good in my opinion. Gameplay was okay. Um, Bioshock 1 was a narrative-driven first-person game. Bioshock Infinite was a first-person shooter. Yeah, I think maybe that's why I didn't get into... I feel like I maybe I felt like the game was maybe something slightly different. And when I started playing it, I was like, I feel like I should enjoy this game. But yeah, I, was, I just wasn't for some reason. But um, that's cool. If you like it, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's our so, stuff. So that's it. That's it. There was there was some feedback in the Discord, but it's kind of all going to the chat around um, like okay. something I brought up the other week, wasn't it? Um, I first forgot what it was now. <laughs> God, um, sure. I was about Zelda Breath of the Wild. There's a big chat about Zelda Breath of the Wild because I made a comment about how I don't think get it's... <laughs> we're not going to get into it now. But I made a comment about uh, how I don't think it's a good Zelda game. Um, mm. But using my choice words there carefully not a good zelda game and and that's that's got a lot of feedback in the chat people some of people agree with me some people aren't uh so if yeah. you get involved in that jump on the mega visions discord and go to podcast feedback the chat's going on the fight's heating up i'm loving internet it. uh uh throwdown discord oh, yeah. throwdown there's also a bit of banter about um uh sonic uh sonic lost world versus galaxy because also i said i wasn't enjoying galaxy with the re-release and I recently played this world and was like, I'm enjoying this a lot more. So controversial, I know. But uh, yeah, what the hell? Cool. So I guess that does it for Scotty Moe's Maple Sack of Wonder. Yeah, I think that's good about you it. Nice. It's not cool. going to come through. So do you guys want to take a quick break? And what do you want to keep going? What do you want to do? I can take a two super quick trip to the loo. Awesome. Yeah, I just so, need some more water. Too, okay, right we're going to have a very quick break, one or two minutes. Uh, we'll put up a waiting screen, but we'll be back very soon. So, um, yeah, stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back.
We're back. We're back. Here we are. Scotty, <laughs> Scotty rocking his guitar. <laughs> oh, dear. It's a ukulele, you heathen. It's a guitar. It's a small guitar. Okay, yeah, I know it's a ukulele. That was my bad, actually. Apologies for that. Yeah. Uh, so I just, yeah, I've worked out a little gremlin as well while doing the show this week. I have to oh, refresh yeah. the chat box because it disappears every time. So hopefully that'll start, oh. stuff will start coming through. Um, yeah, we'll- yeah, it's weird on the, on the, on the live screen. There we go. Stuff's coming through. Thank you, Scotty. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And, um, thanks for waiting, everybody. And I saw there's some good, uh, chat going on as well as while we were away as well. So yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> with that since it's not there right now. Sorry, what was that, Scotty? Well, I said, why don't we catch up with that since it's not there right now? <laughs> yeah, we should do. Scotty, do you want to read it out? You're better at this than I am. Hell's here. Hell's your name's not Hell's. God damn it. Um, Hell was here. Said, I'm currently playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. Not even sure if I like it or not. 20 hours in. Seems like an exploration game about everything else. Above everything else with a few puzzles, I guess. But that sense of wonder mm-hmm. is wearing off pretty fast, I think. Still going to try to finish it. Um, Tornado says he loves our new layout. That is all Graham. Shouts to Graham. Cheers, um, dude. Oh, and Hells was here. Says, gotta love game podcasts. We need more of these and quality ones. I bumped into this one with the Scotty Mo pristine reviews. <laughs> what? <laughs> is he talking, are you talking about my unboxings? <laughs> Um, Dude, that's pretty cool. Um, people would love that shit. Years, but finally, my my unboxings brought somebody to something else that I do in my life. Um, <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Hellaways. Yeah, Hell, um, Hell. yeah. Thank uh, you. Yeah, um, I'll be doing. I just, I well, I appreciate that because I've been doing those for a long time. Try to make a job out of it. Didn't work, but I still do them as a release. So I'm glad, glad you're digging them. Um, and oh yeah. And then the last thing about podcasts is uh, Corey said we come out weekly. Thank you. And Hells was here said there's way too many podcasts with a marketing agenda. You really can't listen to stuff by IGN or big name ones. They're following a very tight script. Don't stray too far from it most of the time. That's kind of what we try to not do, essentially. That's, again, all up to Graham with a different topic, such as the one coming up and a game we're going to play, and you can play along at home. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice i love it i love it. self-promotion there scotty i like that yeah. <laughs> um, awesome so let's actually let's crack on with the show and uh, we'll keep reading stuff out from the comments and stuff as we go along but we're right now we're moving on to our news our other section which we do every week which is our picks of the week does it pick us up when it's playing uh, it does not, and now now we're back already. So there we go. <laughs> so, is Tom from MySpace on there? <laughs> why is Tom from MySpace not on everything? That's that's the real question we should be asking the world. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's every week we talk about our picks of the week, which can be a game, a movie, a TV show, a board game, a book. It doesn't really matter as long as it's in the world of entertainment. It's something we've been enjoying. We want to talk to you guys about it. Uh, it may not be the greatest thing in the world, but we've all had some fun with it and we think other people might enjoy it, especially in this crazy lockdown COVID world. So yeah, let's, uh, let's survive this pandemic together, people. So, uh, let's kick it off with, uh, I'm actually going to kick it off with Chris, even though Scotty's in the outline, but I feel Chris could go first this time. Okay. All right. Uh, so. I was going to pick Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, because I've been so excited about it. Uh, but I decided to go somewhat different. But I did tell Graham that 
you owe me like some sort of video chat later in the week because I need okay. to talk to you more about. Maybe we could do a special Dragon. podcast and get Maybe. get anti Chris on as well because he loves that game so much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I will be right back. I apologize. Sorry. Uh, so okay. I watched this mini documentary this week that I thought was really awesome. It's by this. It's on YouTube. Uh, I'll we'll drop a link in here in a little bit, but uh, it's by this channel called Hats Off Entertainment. I actually found out about them from Sketchcraft because he dropped a link in our chat this week that uh, for an Uncle Buck. Uh, like So basically what this channel does is they do like mini documentaries on uh, actors, on movies and things like that where they take kind of like a behind the scenes approach or they'll look at like... Um, like all the deleted scenes of a movie and shows like what this movie could have been and things like that. It's really fantastic. It takes okay. deep dives into lots of movies that I love, but not a lot of people talk about. Uh, the one that I want to talk about today though, is that he also did a whole episode on Jim Varney, who is uh, the original actor who does uh, Ernest. Ernest P. Worrell mm-hmm. is his most famous character he did, but he's, you know, he acted in, in much, many, many different movies. Um, but I've never watched a documentary on Jim Varney before, and I absolutely love him as an actor. I grew up watching Ernest. I love all of his stuff. Uh, and I learned a lot about this. It's it's really short. It's only 17 minutes long. Uh, like I said, it's mm. on YouTube, so it's free to watch. But it goes into Ernest, like, like shows early on. I didn't realize that he was a stand-up comedian living in L.A. in, like, the, like I think the late 60s, I believe. Uh, maybe early 70s and then he he moved back home because he ended up he thought he ended up becoming like a failed actor he didn't get it he he got some uh commercial gigs uh things like that but he just he he wasn't able to kind of latch on like he had hoped to so he ended up moving back home started getting a regular job again and then he got a phone call uh from this like producer manager and they said that hey they had an idea for him to play this character uh for a commercial and uh, he accepted it because he was excited to maybe to start doing some acting again. It ended up being the earnest character who he had a big role in, you know, finishing it and, you know, kind of bringing that character to life, obviously. Um, but it's interesting because it wasn't actually seemingly like his creation. It was this uh, this company. I forget his name. He went on to work with him. And all of the Ernest stuff, this this guy who, uh-huh. who directed and kind of like produced a lot of the Ernest movies. Uh, but then, so he started making this uh, these these uh, commercials. And at the time, commercials back in the day, you didn't have like national nationally syndicated networks and things like that that we do today. Like TV stuff was all very regional. Um, at least here in the United States, it was. So you'd have like the stuff Scotty would see, like his channels, a lot of his shows. When I was a kid, it would be all different because we had different regions. So a lot of our commercials, all that stuff would be all different. So the cool thing about it is Ernest could like kind of travel around the United States taking this character and creating uh, commercial spots for all these different products. So he sold stuff for like, he did like, uh, Candy bars, like uh, used car dealerships, anything you could think of, he was making commercials for it, uh, which is pretty crazy. And I think what ended up happening is um, somehow a Disney exec uh, saw him, and they, I, the way it was told, I think it was like some sort of um, uh, event at a mall or some sort of Disney thing. Mickey Mouse was there, 
as a guest, and then Ernest came out as a guest. But one of the uh, executives at Disney happened to be there. When Ernest came out, he got a much bigger applause and reception than Mickey Mouse did. So that's where that that uh, the Disney exec was like, there's something about this guy. They went back and watched it all. They decided to uh, greenlight like a movie. Ernest Goes to Camp was the first Ernest movie. Uh, and that was the first one I saw. I fell in love with them. But around that same time, too, I think it was the same year, they released the Ernest uh, TV show. Um, and I think it only lasted one season. But Disney went on to produce, I think, three more maybe, or two more Ernest movies. Uh, and then a theatrically released. And then after that, they walked away. And the next one, Ernest Rides Again, which I didn't know about and I've never seen it. Uh, it was the first independently produced or backed uh, Ernest movie outside of Disney. So I think Ernest Scared Stupid might have been the last Disney-backed uh, Ernest movie. It went on to become independent after that. And eventually, uh, they ended up being coming like direct uh, to like VHS and direct-to-video releases after that. But they were so cheap to produce because they basically just shot like on a location... And that's kind of what they did. That was a setup. It was very. It's a. If you if you were kind of look at like the Ernest formula, it's a pretty simple formula for what he does. It's just you kind of follow him around. And he does some really you know some stunts and stuff. Um, but so it's not super expensive movies to make. Um, and so they could make these like silly Ernest goes to the army, you know, stuff like that. And they could do it on a cheap budget, do it on direct to video, and it made a lot of money. Um, but unfortunately, uh, he ended up, I guess he was a, uh, a longtime smoker. He ended up getting, uh, I think, lung cancer, I believe it was. Oh. Uh, and he ended up, you know, I think, passing away. I, I believe it was in the late 90s it was. But he was, you know, much younger, uh, you know, than, you know, I think. I think he had a lot more to give is what I was going to say. Um, uh, but what's really neat about this video, I definitely suggest you guys check it out if you're an Ernest fan. But what, what I loved about I, I started looking in the comments I'll say this. Everyone knows YouTube comments are like the pit of like the fucking dungeon of the internet. It's they're terrible, right? A lot of these comments are awesome on this video because it's having all these people sharing like their personal stories of like, uh, of as a kid of watching Jim Varney and all these things. It's really neat. But what's cool is his family, Jim Varney's family is also coming on at, in the comments and like talking about how great this documentary was, how um, important it was to their family including Jim Varney's niece or granddaughter who was with him for the year that he was sick uh, and spent a lot of time with him. And she had some really cool stuff to say. So I just loved it, man. It's, I think, a really powerful story. Jim Varney, Ernest, was important in my life. Uh, and I've I've been getting him, uh, getting my kids to watch a lot of those. Uh, so I definitely, like I said, if you're into Ernest at all, uh, the, the documentary, like I said, it's, it's called Jim Varney, the original viral star. It's, uh, <laughs> in, in completely uh, done by Joe Ramoni and he's with hats off entertainment. Like I said, but I'll, I'll, wow. I'll drop a link in there too. Yeah. Also, Check it out. Check that out. Um, my dad still will randomly say, you know what I mean, burn? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it, man. So, so in the UK, the earnest movie, I know of the earnest movies, but I don't think I've ever actually seen one cause they weren't really a big thing over here, but, uh, I do know who he is, and but well, I've never seen any of his stuff, so I'm actually quite interested in this. What you just described sounds really interesting. Um, he's, his character, okay, it's like it's he's just he's very well-meaning, he's hmm. very kind, but he's just 
He's he just is very clumsy. He gets like he he's kind of stumbles over his own you know feet all the time and just those type of things. But it's very kids friendly. It's hilarious. He's a very good character actor. He does. He's you know he he jumps into different uh, suits and like different roles a lot. He'll he'll be like this creepy old lady that has like this really funny uh, you know uh, voice and stuff. So he plays different stuff, and you see other actors later on, like Eddie Murphy started doing that. Martin yeah. Lawrence started doing that. Other actors started jumping into different roles, but you know Jim Varney was doing that you know back in the eighties, man. Yeah, I'm actually on his Wikipedia page right now, and Ernest Saves Christmas, for example, he did one, two, three, four, five, six. He did seven characters in that movie, apparently. Uh, what's cool about the, the documentary is really neat, and it made me smile as a fan. Is that it talked about he was very concerned early in his career of being typecasted as Ernest. I mean, I could imagine mm. that's. I mean, he basically did get typecast. He did do some other roles and some serious roles too that the documentary points out. But I think what was really cool is that he actually did be able to become a character actor through these movies because he, like you said, he played eight different characters in Ernest, oh, was it Saves Christmas? And he, it was, all of them are very, like, wildly different. He'll play, like, mm. a sleaze ball, like, where he's a bad guy, then he'll play a grandma, then he'll do this. So he became this awesome character actor while still being typecasted. And having an amazing career. I just, I love it. And yeah. it's a, a very, you know, kind of a short career once he became, like, going into, once he got into, like, making feature movies. It wasn't that long of a career, really, mm. if you look at yeah, it. Yeah, so apparently he died in 2000. Um, and he, I didn't realize this, yeah, he played um, Slinky the Dog in the first two Toy Story movies. Yep, Moises and, Slinky. Uh, yeah, and uh, the last release was in 2001, which was Atlantis the Lost Empire, where he did a voice in that. Um, so it's po post- um, posthumous release basically um but yeah man yeah i'm gonna look at this i'm gonna check out this this um this documentary even though what you've just, just been talking about has probably gone on as long as the documentary but i will still watch the documentary <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> no, that's cool awesome um anything else to add oh actually just checking out the chat actually uh avu lee says just seeing his smiling face warms me that's really nice yeah. Um, yeah, you know um, that's the thing is like he's such a big part of so many people's childhoods that it is that kind of you have that familiar comfort when you see him. You know, it's just like he brings you back to those innocent times, and it's a he's an awesome character, man. So I'm sure you guys have characters like that in the UK that you guys grew up watching. Uh, no, and... We hate all our characters over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Doctor Who, who basically <laughs> should be the prime minister at this point, but you know. <laughs> Oh, I wish. Oh dear. Anyway, let's not get into that. But um, yeah, cool. I I'm next with my uh, my picks, and so as I, as I said, he. Oh, bless you, Scotty. Bless Sorry. you. <laughs> Scotty's allergic to my pick, it seems. But I'm going to yeah. persevere anyway. So as I mentioned or teased earlier, my pick is a Ubisoft game. Even though Scotty was saying Ubisoft games aren't that good anymore earlier, uh, this is one game. I may have to disagree with you on, even though I do know what you were saying earlier. Uh, yeah. This is Immortals Phoenix Rising. I've just realized my camera is reversed. I forgot to switch it around. Apologies, everybody. It's fine. It worse, maybe? It's, it's fine on our Discord, but oh, on the actual show, it's not. I might be able to actually... Maybe I could do this live. Oh, Let's see if I can do I this do live. I can tell you why I had a crisis briefly. Okay. No, okay, you got good. it. 
I've just got it. But if you want to tell the crisis, go for it. That's, that's, uh, that's I ran away because Rachel, my girlfriend, texted me in all caps saying she found a spider in a very inconvenient spot. Um, and when I went downstairs, she was looking at the front door. Apparently, um, there was a spider in the hole of the door. So she didn't see it till she was using the peephole. And there's only glass on the outside. So that spider could have easily just jumped at her face, but it didn't. So she sprayed a bunch of raid killer into the hole and it's just super dead drowning yeah i'd have burnt that whole front door down uh but okay <laughs> well you know it's cold out so we won't do that yet <laughs> nice well good i'm glad i'm glad rachel's safe uh Everyone's i'm sorry safe. for the spider to be honest because you know love all animals but still yeah, at the same time spiders be scared yeah uh so the pick of the week is immortals phoenix rising and uh i Anyone who's actually watches the show a lot or listens to the show, I actually mentioned this on our last episode. I didn't mention the game specifically, but I mentioned how there are some certain games on the digital stores um, out there where I don't know what to pick because they've got like five different versions. Like they've got like the standard version, they've got like this the special edition, they've got the you know limited edition, they've got the ultra ultimate super duper version that you should definitely get edition. And this is one of those games I saw. There's a sale on. And the standard version was really cheap. It was like, you know, sort of 30 pounds, which for Xbox One games over here, that's a decent price, basically. Uh, but then they had like the limited version, which is like 60 quid. And then they had like the special ultimate version for like 85 pounds. I've never really bought a game for 85 pounds unless it came with like, you know, lots of free stuff. And even then I don't really go for it. So I was like, I don't really want to get that. But it came with all the expansion packs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I did, I sort of held off buying it on there because there were too many versions. I didn't know if I wanted to miss out on stuff. In the end, I took Scotty and Antichrist's advice on the last, uh, show and just went and got, got like a, a, the basic version. Although I actually didn't get the basic version. I found it online physically with the limited edition version for cheaper than the digital store version, which was on sale for the standard version, if that makes sense. So. Digital games are really expensive for some weird reason. I don't get it. So that's another side topic. Sorry. Yep. Um, but, but I am loving this game. And um, even though I've sort of mentioned how I think Zelda Breath of the Wild is not a good Zelda game, I do appreciate what it's trying to do and stuff. And this is the kind of game I think people who want to play Breath of the Wild 2 should check out because it's a very similar style game. Uh, so it's a big open world game. It's like a adventurous game, like a third person using swords and shields and bits of magic and stuff. Uh, you are playing a mortal, but you're, you're actually saving Greek gods. So it's kind of, um, it's all based on Greek god myth mythology and Greek mythology and stuff. So if you don't know anything about Greek mythology at all, you still have fun, but it's actually quite fun knowing some of the Greek mythology because it's actually got a very good, like tongue in cheek humor take on it. So the, the main story is this, um, this uh, god, um, actually, I think it might be a titan, this guy called Typhon, uh, this big, big beast, basically, was captured by Zeus um, and, like, put in, a, like, a massive pit. I think it's, like, a fiery pit, like, in a volcano, basically, like, as a prison, basically, put into jail by Zeus. And he's now finally escaped. He's basically taken down a load of gods and stolen their essences and their powers. So all the gods are weakened. Uh, he's taken lots of Zeus's power. Zeus is still alive, Um uh, but he's like weakened and all the basically most of the mortals on the world are 
turned to stone except a handful of people and you are one of the, one of those people you are you play a character called phoenix and you can play as a male or a female um i'm actually playing as a female version because i thought um she's she's like basically on the front cover it's, it's a female character and i thought i'm gonna play as the female character because i think that's pretty cool and it's the story though is told um from the perspective of prometheus if you do um <laughs> sorry i'm at this point you have to talk about greek mythology a little bit basically Prometheus is a god who stole fire and gave it to humans in Greek mythology, and Zeus punished him by putting him on um, the top of a mountain. I can't remember which mountain it was now. Um, I've actually got it written. Mount Olympus. I think I believe he put him on the top of Mount Olympus, t- chained him up there, and like birds eat his liver or something in the Greek mythology. But so yeah, uh, it's told from, but it's basically told from Prometheus's perspective. He's telling Zeus the story of how a mortal will save all the gods. Um, and it's kind of done in a way that it's kind of in the past tense, but you're playing the game live, if that makes sense. But it's really funny because Zeus and Prometheus do not get along. Zeus also doesn't really like mortals that much. So anytime that like you do something really good, Prometheus goes and like you did something, you, know, you did this thing, which is really amazing for a mortal to do. And Zeus is like, yeah, that doesn't really count sort of thing. Does he use fire uh, to, to help save the day? No. Because <laughs> then, then the other dude could be like, see, if I didn't give them fire, they wouldn't have been able to save us. So then, like, I think you Maybe that'll be a twist at the end. I don't know. I haven't got that far. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, oh, Tulane Jones. Like, did they that story like 4,000 years ago? <laughs> um, Tornado Jones just mentioned, yeah, he his liver regrows every day and the birds eat it. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks, uh, Tornado Jones. Um, <laughs> but the, the story is, that they, so it, it's kind of like Breath of the Wild in that it's kind of a big exploration game. You can basically go out and kind of go in any direction you want and solve, like, solve missions in almost any order that you want to. And it's kind of got these like, trial-style dungeons, but, but they're really good and really fun. The gameplay is brilliant. And you can climb virtually any surface, just like in Breath of the Wild. Uh, but I find it more entertaining than Breath of the Wild because of the story elements to, to it. So there are cutscenes in it. There's There's actually voice acting as like in a lot of the cutscenes and stuff and so it feels a bit more story driven than breath of the wild i think the map isn't quite as big as breath of the wild but it is bloody big um and the powers and the combat is really good in it so it's a game that i'm really digging right now um so yeah like breath of the wild i found very open and dead and sparse like it's um yeah uh someone actually mentioned the chat actually earlier who was it was it uh ah i've just got oh yeah yeah uh Hell, Hell was here. Yeah, you mentioned how you found that it's, uh, Breath of the Wild is like an expand, uh, exploration game with a few puzzles, um, but the sense of wonder starts to wear off pretty fast. I do agree with it. That's my problem with Breath of the Wild as well. I found like the exploration at the start was amazing. It's like, oh my god, look at this amazing open world. I'm going to go and venture over here. And like just discovering new areas was kind of the cool bit of it. But the actual game and the story was just like, eh, like... I felt like after this while, after doing a few of the shrine mini dungeon things, I was kind of bored of that. In Immortals, mm. I've been playing it probably longer than I played to complete Breath of the Wild, and I'm still enjoying it, basically. Like, I'm finding a lot more stuff. I'm just enjoying the world. It's very beautiful world, very lovingly created. And as I say, like, the story's fun. They do have small dungeony, shriney type areas you go into, but I'm finding they're, they're more entertaining as well. Just, like, the stuff you do in them, they're so different, and each one is really different. and yeah loving it so there we go ah, so yeah. what you're telling me is ubisoft does what nintendo don't 
Yes. Yes. My was friend. this a game? Did this release towards the end of the year? Uh, yeah, it came know. out in 2020 for yeah. sure. I can't, it's quite late in 2020, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Because um, it seems like I'm just now seeing a lot of stuff about it. Uh, I think it ended up going going on to get a lot of game of the war, uh, game of the year, and other award at least nominations. I seem to remember. So it seems like a lot of people are talking about this game uh, in a good way, uh, like right around now. So I want to see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> Tornado Jones just said, "Cancel this podcast." Sorry, dude. Are you, are you just, is it because I, I like it more than Breath of the Wild, or are you just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I don't, if you love Breath of the Wild, that's cool. I, th- I feel like this is a game that if people are craving Breath of the Wild 2 and still waiting for it, this is a game I reckon you could get into and really enjoy. Um, or if you found Breath of the Wild a little bit lacking in areas, maybe give this one a try. Um, if you like the idea of Breath of the Wild, but if something was missing, try this game. Uh, if you really hate open world games and exploration games, don't get this game because it basically is more of that, just a bit more story, I'd say. Um, oh, Scotty's joke! He says Scotty's joke to cancel this podcast. No, that was a great joke, my friend. There's more of more of that, more of that terrible jokes. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, that's, so yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah, as you say, it's been picking up a lot of awards and stuff. There was one thing that actually irked me about some reviews I read of it because I wasn't sure if I was going to get it. I was like, "Oh, is this game actually going to be good?" And some of the reviews were like, the, "Some of the dungeons and puzzles and stuff are too easy," but they are some of them. I'd say are more advanced or slightly more difficult than Breath of the Wild puzzles because they weren't hard at all. The Breath of the Wild puzzles, really. So I'm like, how how can you really rate the Breath of the Wild puzzles but not rate these ones? I don't know. That's just one little thing. Uh, uh, this game used to be known as Gods and Monsters. That was its original Ooh. name. Okay. Yeah, I know but I can see why they changed it because I think that's the title of so many different things already. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. So that, uh, that's me. This week, actually. No, just kidding. Um, that's all you got for that, that's me that's me for my pick of the week did you guys have any questions or further comments or anything do you really think I'm an idiot for loving this more than Breath of the Wild Graham you I'm used to your crazy takes at this point I've I've been doing podcasts with you for <clears throat> probably close to 15 years at least and some you know and you've always done shit like this. Like you've always, he's always, this is new. He's been saying stuff like this for years. And so I'm just used to it. It's just the next thing. And I just, yeah, I, fair enough. I just accept you for your bad taste in games. And I love you for it. Oh, <laughs> Although you should definitely try this game. Oh, there's actually one other thing I should do. Sorry, I'm going to mention it. Um, the game, basically they have these daily and weekly challenges that appear like you, and basically they're extra missions and stuff to keep the game I guess going like if you're kind of getting bored of just exploring the stuff, you you can go and get these weekly challenges, which give you extra kind of this weird in-game currency that you basically say so says go and kill Medusa, for example, or go go and find this this thing, and you go out and explore the world and find them or kill like certain beasts and stuff. But you kind of have to find them and do the tracking a bit yourself. Um, but then you get this in-game currency, and then you can unlock special items within the game that you couldn't get normally. And I think that's a really cool idea because you it, it kind of adds a bit more. Um, longevity to the game in a way that other games just don't really do. So it's not like you have to buy an expansion to do these extra missions. They're just there in the game, basically. And they, they update and change regularly. So some of them are timed-based. So like after a couple of days, they'll just remove it. And you have to do it within that certain time, like literally physical time, like two days or whatever. Um, 
But yeah, and I think that's a really neat idea. So that's one thing I'm really chatting about. And also for anybody, it's actually available on basically every console. It's on Xbox One and Series X, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, PC, and Switch as well. So yeah, so for Nintendo fans, it's it's out there for you to play. Cool. Um, so, so Scotty. The wrong game. <laughs> Scotty, what is yeah. your pick of the week? Um... We watched it last night. I've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, sort of reintroduced it to Rachel. Uh, the movie Stranger Than Fiction um, is going to be my pick of this week because it's one of my favorite movies. It stars Will Ferrell, um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Dustin Hoffman, Queen Latifah, Emma Thompson. Um, but it is uh, it's Will Ferrell before he was Ron Burgundy 24-7. Um, <laughs> and you will forget that it's Will Ferrell pretty quickly into the movie because of how good yeah. of a job he does. Um, it's a drama. It's Netflix. It's on Netflix right now in the U.S. Netflix called it a dark comedy, I guess. Oh. I don't really know what that means mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but I would just call it a straight-up drama with comedy sprinkled throughout. Um, but I, I won't say too much about it because I want people to just go into it and to enjoy it. But it is one of legit one of my favorite movies, like top five probably. I was introduced to it when a rental store in a town near where I went to college was going out of business and just selling like Blu-rays for a dollar and stuff. Um, and I just picked it up cause I'd never heard of it. Uh, it was out in 2006. Um, not sure how well it did budget wise. It doesn't really matter for the sake of this segment though. Um, but what it is, the story is, uh, Will Ferrell plays an IRS auditor who realizes he is the star of a novel that is being written because he starts to hear it in his head. He starts to hear the narrator and it goes on from there. Hence the name stranger than fiction. Cause it's maybe he's in a fiction fictional, a work of fiction. Maybe not. Um, it's really good. It's it, it's a feel good movie. It's a fun movie. It's um, yeah, it's just good. I guess it's dark comedy. I don't know what that means. Uh, I know Graham's seen it. Uh, we have a poster of it in our living room. I probably should have grabbed the Blu-ray when I ran away to show people, but um it's a good movie. It was, it was, I think, before Elf? I don't know. It was early into his cinematic career, Will Ferrell's anyway. Stranger Than yeah. Fiction. It's, uh, and just to let you know, box, box Office apparently, 30 million budget, made about 53.7 million. So it was a success, technically. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I will second your love for this movie, or in my love, actually, because I do think it's a genuinely good movie, and it's not a typical Will Ferrell movie, as you say. Um, to the point, just to give an example, Kate really doesn't like Will Ferrell. My mum hates Will Ferrell. They've both seen it and they both love this movie. So that kind of hopefully might tell people about it. And I think Will Ferrell fans will still appreciate it. Um, just, yeah. just going there knowing it's not going to be wacky Will Ferrell. Cause I love Will Ferrell. I like, I like, I like Ron Burgundy and stuff, but I also love this movie as well. And it's very unique. I feel like it's a unique movie. One of those, it feels yeah. a bit like an indie movie in a way, but yeah. Um, yeah, really good, really fun. Uh, Chris, have you seen it at all? No, I haven't seen it. Well, damn you! I don't. You should definitely check it out. I don't have anything to say about it. Um, but yeah, no, I. It's always weird to. It's it's good to see actors like before they kind of either made it big and kind of settled into kind of what they their career is. Um, and I, I like doing that, especially like Jim Carrey, for instance. Uh, if going back to some of his older stuff, like Once Bitten things like that um is always fun to do uh to see him before he 
you see him like do the same kind of gestures and the same physical comedy that you know you see in stuff like in um uh Ace Ventura and then he just goes on and uses the same kind of stuff the rest of his career. Um and so I like the same thing with Will Ferrell. I like to see them in radically different roles though. Like I love to see um them take on like much different type of characters. Uh, case in point, John C. Riley was in uh, was it Gangs of New York before he made it big in like Talladega Nights. I oh, think that wow. is yeah, he's totally not at all the kind of John C. Riley. He's scary. He's a like kind of a mean bad guy. Like he has this like Billy Club looking thing that he just beats people with. Um, it was weird because when I remember seeing him in Talladega Nights, I was like, that's the guy from Gangs of New York. And why is he so funny? I had no idea <laughs> that John Cirelli was a comedic actor, uh, especially seeing him in Gangs of New York. Uh, so that, yeah. was, that was pretty impressive. Well, the interesting thing about Stranger Than Fiction, it's, uh, it's, one, it's a movie that was quite early in Will Ferrell's career, but um, Anchorman... Uh, no. Oh, Anchorman just came out just... Yeah, just before, actually, yeah. So Elf came out before it. So did Old School. Anchorman came out before it, um, as did Bewitched. Let's forget about that movie. Oh, Nice of the Rocks Free, which is one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies, actually. I love that movie. But, um, That's the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to uh, say about that. It's great. Love it. But, yeah, so he had, I guess he kind of had established himself as a bit of a wacky kind of character uh, at this point. But, yeah, then he did this, and it's... Yeah, just very different, but beautiful movie. Love it. Um, very unique, very different. Um, give it a try. Yeah, it's up there with uh, Lost in Translation for me, which is another movie that has a star in it that you forget existed before certain roles. Scarlett Johansson is in Lost in Translation, and she is not Black Widow at all. Oh, yeah. I, I actually forgot she was in that. <laughs> yep, she's yeah. the star yeah. of the movie. Yeah, she is. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but yeah, I just randomly forgot that she was even in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah Stranger Fiction. Check it out. It's about two hours long. It's on Netflix now. Um, I highly recommend it. Hmm. Um, so Tornado Jones just mentioned in the chat that it's uh, this is about uh, Night of the Roxbury, uh, one of Will Ferrell's movies I mean, just mentioned. It's so odd sometimes to see an SNL skit turned into a feature-length movie. Yeah, so for those who don't know, that was actually a Saturday Night Live skit. It had Jim Carrey in it as well, I believe, the original skit. Um, just, you guys, Well, he was the host one week. And he oh, okay. I'm, I, I don't, I've never really watched Saturday Night Live, I have to admit. I just know of it because I speak to americans a lot <laughs> but we don't have it over here we don't we actually, it's not on our tv over here so never actually seen an episode um but i i heard that jim carrey was was in the skit or something but maybe yeah uh, uh wayne's world was a snl skit but it turned into a decent movie i felt mm, yeah there's been like Brothers. there's there's coneheads there there were good movies based on snl skits but night of the roxbury is not one of them <laughs> oh it's a great movie Friend. it's a great movie <laughs> do, do you even I, like the sound you got to like the soundtrack the 90s dance dude, I music i remember i turned it on once oh, i was like no nah, it's not time because this is dumb as shit <laughs> i'm gonna agree with you here graham i i also like night of the thank you i th i think you have to be in the right mood or just just know what you're going in for because it's silly patience regardless gotcha yeah okay so yeah <laughs> okay cool yeah jim carrey guest started in the skit brilliant 
Cool. Um, so with that, let's uh, let's move on from our picks of the week and go into our feature discussion. Yep, we're back again. Excellent. With our feature discussion, I now need to reset the chat box. Well, I'm going to have to work out if there's a better way to get this chat box going. I have to actually manually go in and change it, it seems. It's weird. I have to refresh the cache of the chat box uh, for some reason. But yeah, there we go. So our feature discussion. We change it every week. Um, so if you never watch the show, um, it's something we do something differently every week. And this week we are bringing back uh, Graham's Guess the Game Game. So we've never done this live before, so this could be interesting. But essentially, each of us, so myself, Scotty and Chris, we have chosen a game, but we have not told each other what it is. Um, we then have to give out 10 facts about the game. Uh, we give out five hard facts and five easy facts. And sometimes we give out clues and stuff as well. And um, if no one has guessed the game at the end of those 10 facts, the uh, guessy, the person who's got the game, uh, gets a point. If someone else guesses the game before the end of the 10 facts, that person gets a point. Um, we are continuing the points on from what we've previously done. Scotty actually has three points because he's a legend. Chris has one point. He's only done it once. I've done it twice, but still only have one point. Uh, <laughs> and we have, we used to have, uh, we have an all stars guests points, which, uh, also have one point, but we're also going to get the, open up to the chat as well so if you guys can guess it we also give you guys a point as well which is going to be rolling tally for every time we do this basically uh not entirely sure how it's going to work but in the live chat but let's see what happens so yeah and uh, for the viewers at home um hey what up skyro uh whoever is the clue giver will be able to see the chat the people guessing will not be looking at the chat because you guys can Google it, whatever. We're not going to, we don't get to Google anything unless there is a yeah. phone of friends. I believe that one of them is Googling, but. Um, yeah, I think last time we did, we did get down to a level where we were like, we have to Google this one. So we, we had like 10 seconds to Google something, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm Googling nothing this time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. So who do you want to start with? Who should we go with to begin begin this? What do you think? I'll start. Okay, awesome. Let's I'm going to get... We didn't really explain everything with the five and five, the ten. Oh, explain oh, maybe more rules explanation. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought I did. So five hard and five easy clues? Was there something else that I had to explain? I don't even remember you saying that. I'm sorry. I was oh, looking at making sure I had Okay, to go. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just re-emphasize. Yeah, so we're giving out five hard clues... And five, um, five easy clues, basically, um, or facts. Rather, rather includes facts about the games, which hopefully, if we're any good at guessing games, we'll do it. And just to be clear, uh, last two times, both Chris and Scotty have done games which were not available in Europe at all, and I'd never even heard of them. So let's see what happens this week. <laughs> Why don't we have Chris go first? Right, nice. So or Chris can go first like you'd want one of the veterans to go before you chris what do you think i don't care i don't care if you guys want to go first go for it let's do it i'm happy for chris to go first i'm gonna get the music going let's see if this works this may not work okay. Hold on. Oh, God. all right bear with us everyone pardon our dust there is no way all this is gonna work <laughs> 
I don't have any faith in the internet. Cha 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 cha. We've got some nice music it, going in the background. Here we go. Okay, great. Um, also, uh, I'm going to be running a timer, so each time Chris gives us a clue, there'll be a five-second timer. I think that's enough time. What, or should we do ten seconds? What do you guys think? I think uh, at least ten seconds for sure, because you're going to want to think about it. Maybe even fifteen, but we'll see how it goes. I have minimized the chat on my side. Graham, can you not see the chat right now? Uh. Graham, Graham, you don't have any audio. I muted my oh, mic. Yeah. Sorry, apologies. Uh, yeah, mine is. I've, I've, I've pushed it to the side in my OBS channel, so it's, it's, it's hidden. All right. right. So, yeah. Um, so I, I am bringing up a little notepad document so I can actually type up clues and stuff as you guys are saying them. So this could be interesting. Okay. Tell me, tell me when you guys are ready. Okay, so are we starting with the easy facts or the hard facts? Hard, hard. facts first, otherwise we'll just hard guess. Hard facts. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so it was released in Japan on December 20th, 1996. Uh, yep. That's, yeah, that gives you nothing. Uh, yeah, that... Would uh, you guys want where it's released in, like, in your region? Should we go do that, too? Would that be easier? I don't know. That was already. I'm just gonna say, uh, uh, Panzer Dragoon. No, I I'm gonna say Knights into Dreams. No. Okay. Uh, the the game's director was Yasuhiro Tagaguchi. Taguchi. I'm sorry. Yasuhiro Taguchi. Does that ring any bells to you guys? I'm horrible with names, so not at all. I know exactly who that is. Um, Clockwork Knight. You went uh, muted again, Graham, for a second. Oh, not for me. What did you say? What did you guess? Something? No, Scotty. Did. I said Scotty. Clockwork Knight. It's not Clockwork Knight. Oh, is it Sega Rally? It's not. That was actually released in 1995, so I don't know why I said that. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so I think this could be a hard one, but I think it could be easy, too. Um, okay. So it could give it away. Um, the developer is Camelot. Oh! <laughs> Go for um, it, Graham. Is, is it Shining Force 3? It is not Shining Force Don't... 3. Damn it. Where you at, chat? No no guessing here, but I want, I want to see if the chat can get it. Um, Shining Force 2. It is not Shining Force 2. I said no guessing. I meant no Googling chat. I want I want the chat to see if they can get this before you guys. Um, okay, so no. You did not get it correct yet. Number four. Number four. Okay, it was released in Europe and the United States in June of 1997. That was his actual like month it released. So summer of 97, think back. What were you guys doing? Oh my god! I'm trying to remember what Camelot games to release. I have my head only in Sega, but I have to get out of there because it might not be Sega. Um, Dev Camelot. It's ninety-seven. Okay. Do you have oh. a guess? I uh, sure. Resident Evil. <laughs> uh, okay. Great. Shining, Shining Wisdom. It's wrong. 
I'm going with the shiny okay. games. The last That's of it. the hard questions. Okay. I would give you the setting, where the main setting where this game takes place. Okay, let's do this. Sure. The Kingdom of Inric. No help. Or Inrich. I don't know how you, how you might spell it. Inric, it or pronounce Inric or Inrich. I keep thinking it's one of the Shining games. Is it Shining the Holy Ark? You gotta... What, what's your final final, final Sh- question? Sh- or... Shining the Holy Ark. Okay, and what did you say, Scotty? I, I said that Kingdom of Enrich was no help. Um, I will say that it is Fantasy Star 4. Okay. It is Shining the Holy Ark, Graham. Yes! <laughs> I got one! <laughs> yeah, you got one. This is a repro I got uh, off uh, this awesome dude, uh, Cliff's Repair Corner or Store on Twitter. He makes great repros of like Saturn and Sega CD stuff. I definitely suggest you check it out. Congrats, Graham! You got one. Yes, thank you. Ah, oh, I I only know Camelot for making the Shining games. So I was like ninety six, ninety seven. That's got to be a Sega. You're going to go down the whole list of Shining games. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and I was going to move on to Dragon Force and stuff like that. I don't know. Oh, so Skyrim the Dragon has never heard of this game. It's a great game, Shining the Holy Ark. And, um, and Chad, you have to say the game because then you'll get a point in this ongoing tournament of nonsense. Um, so, because Corey said there, I got it, but I googled it, so I won't say it. Uh, Skyro was thinking DDR. Well, close. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to quickly explain the game to Skyro? He's never heard of it, apparently. So, Chris, do you want to explain it? You know what? I don't know that much about it. I know a little bit, but I've never played it myself. I, that's why I bought this one because I don't own it. So, I'm oh, probably enough. not the greatest person to even explain about it. Okay. It's uh, so it's a RPG. Um, I've actually, oh my god, my brain just I've just forgotten if it's the one that goes into the first person when you go in the dungeons or not. I played, I played it years ago. I've actually forgotten how it plays. Oh, god. does the back of it show that at all, Chris? Like a first person view? It does go in first person, yes. Okay, good. So, yeah, it's, right. uh, I guess it's like a dungeon crawling style um, RPG uh, where the the uh yeah yeah i remember you go around towns and villages like it, it's all kind of semi first person but it's you don't like walk around in first person like an fps or anything it's uh and then thinking the towns and stuff you just like click left and like your the camera will pan to the left screen or whatever to show the shop or something but in the dungeons you are moving in like almost like a basic first person shooter style thing but it's you don't have guns it's a turn-based rpg basically uh, so town really setting is almost like a point and click setting in the towns you're saying yeah yeah kind of yeah that's that's kind of what it's like but um yeah uh it's it's a really fun game from what i remember i played it years ago i didn't finish it i remember my my memory card got wiped on my sega saturn um this is one of those weird things i had loads of games saved and just the i had the physical memory card goes in the back and just one day turned it on nothing wasn't even working anymore so i was just like uh bastards (laughs) so yeah it's really good old school uh these back with rpgs i used to really enjoy these turn-based rpgs i don't really enjoy much anymore but those were those were the days those were the days so i guess uh shall i shall i go next scotty what do you think it's up to you you're the kingdom of this castle okay, i i will go next so here we go I'm gonna get the music playing again a little bit of background music there for the, the quiz so my first hard clue 
The levels of this game are said to have been inspired by Tim Burton and M.C. Escher. Marble Madness. No. Crushed. Crushed. What, the PSP game? Yes. God damn it, Chris, I hate you. You've just done it. You've just done it. <laughs> how, how did you... How did you get that? that I really thought that was going to be. I thought it was with the with the painting or with the MC Escher stuff, but you're not <laughs> going to believe this, though. How I got it, Graham? Because how? Okay, so while we were doing the podcast, I was on the Sega Nerds website and I was going through some of our old podcasts, our podcast originals, because I was trying to think back, like when did we actually uh, get like start the podcast like what year it was because i i remember we were talking about the cag cast they've been going for over 15 years now we started in 2007 but mm. one of the early podcasts because crush was released that year in 2007 we talked about it and so it was just right in my mind and then when you said mc escher i was like okay i think that's what it is I, I literally hate you so much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I thought, I genuinely thought these were going to be some hard clues that you guys weren't really going to get until like the very easy ones, like the very last easy one. So. Can we hear some more of your clues? So other clues are, um, the main purpose is you are collecting the protagonist's lost marbles. I would have got and, that. One and too, also so. puzzle platform adventure game where you can't attack. And my final hard clue was the studio behind it changed its name to a female's name just before the game's release. That's so so the actual, what was the, the original studio was called Kuju Entertainment and well, that's the main, uh, main company behind it, but they, their little development studio was called Kuju Brighton. It's an English based company in Brighton. Um, they changed it to Zoe Mode was the, the, the name of the studio. They, and they gave it like, um, they actually had a, um, a model who became like the face of the company basically um so yeah it's it's kind of it's quite an interesting story i had back on sega nerds back in the day uh and then my, Are my they easy i don't think so anymore i think they might have gotten they made like some of the itoy games and stuff i remember for the playstation 2 and things like that um i'm not sure if, actually if they're still around then my easy clues were the main mechanic is similar to that of super paper mario uh, <laughs> Uh, then released on the PSP in 2007, a 3DS remake was released in 2012, uh, which I have on my shelf next to me, actually. I will just bring that up. The 3DS version is nowhere near as good as the PSP version, just to be clear. They, they changed all the graphics and animations and stuff. It's not as good. And uh, Oh, and then the final clue was the main character is called Danny and suffers from insomnia. So I don't know if Scotty would have got any of that. but uh, I own the game. I would have eventually gotten it, I think, but I... I want to give a pro tip because sometimes your clues are a little too easy, Graham. The second one with, if instead of saying like find the protagonist's lost marbles, I think you could have just said something as as general as you have to find marbles or something like that. Because so, the lot, I'm just making a suggestion. I still, I still think that would have been a hard clue for most people. <laughs> no, apparently not. God damn it. <sighs> okay, but, uh, uh, the, but the chat I, I, had. Uh -huh. Sorry, what's the chat? What did the chat have? Corey said Psychonauts, but then said, wow, in all caps, because Chris got it so quick. Uh, Skyro said Bioshock, but that his stream was also lagging. A uh, likely excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyone who hasn't played the game, essentially, you 
the whole point is Danny suffers from insomnia and he goes to this um, professor who basically puts him into the machine and you're basically in his head. Um, like, um, and you're playing as Danny inside his own thoughts and stuff and the reasons why he um, can't sleep and stuff. But the whole thing is it's a puzzle game and you you have to crush the world in different directions to get across like platforms and stuff like that. So if you see like the world from side on and there's a massive gap, if you change the view to the top down view, maybe there's a way to get across and you crush the world so it becomes flat and you can run across it and stuff. Um, it's a really cool mechanic actually. Um, and it's a really fun game. Very good. The atmosphere around the PSP version is really kind of dark and somber, but brilliant, like brilliantly done. And then the 3DS version is very cartoony and very light. I, um, was it Crush 3D is what they called it? Yeah, they called it Crush 3D yeah. on the 3DS. Um, I, I I bought this because I was like, oh my god, Crush on the 3DS, I want to play this game again. I've got it. And I was just like, oh, this is not what I remember. It's basically the I same game, but it's went... just not... There's missing something. I don't know. I think they should have went more cartoony with it. I think <laughs> if you're going to... If you're, gonna, if, if you're not going to release that original, the PSP version on the, the, the DS or the 3DS... Because I get it, I understand. Like maybe you want to, uh, maybe it didn't sell as well, and you think the concept is really good, but you want to give it a fresh coat of paint to maybe draw in a new audience, especially on the DS. So you make it cartoony to appeal to kids, but I just think the visual style is not good. Like kids aren't going to look at that. I just, yeah. I don't think the art is very good. The art direction was not what it should have been. If they would have made it more cartoony and like more like a kids game, but still keep those cool elements of what make this game unique. They should have done it, and I think it could have found an audience. But as it stands now, it just wasn't a altogether a very good game. I don't think. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right on there. Or they could just put like Sonic the Hedgehog's Crush 3D, and that would probably mm. sold a lot more. So, <laughs> um, yeah, just like the title of our last episode. Uh, yeah. But the um, 3DS version in America was a GameStop exclusive as well, so that Ooh. fucked it over. Wow, that's a. Bad. What? Sega I think it was weird choices. I hope sometimes. I'm not speaking out of turn. What if you named it? What if you called it Sonic Crush? Sonic's Crush. Sonic Crush. <laughs> you said it really fast, and you can still get in on that. Sonic uh, Rush. That. Sonic Crush. Sonic Rush. Sonic Rush. Yeah, but it's called Sonic Crush. Right. That's that's. <laughs> see, that's well, why then, I should be marketing uh, for these people. We could have saved that whole franchise. The whole Zoe mode would have shut down if they would have came to me. We, yeah, we you could you could drink crush orange soda in the game as your whatever. Or you it, Scotty. They could have had music yeah. from Crush Forty. Yeah, that would have definitely helped. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh dear! Exactly, oh. Corey gets it. He says, "All I'm imagining is a commercial of Sonic drinking an orange crush." I don't know what orange crush is, so whoops. It's just an orange soda. That's really it. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah. Nice. So, Scotty, you guys ready for mine? Let's let's up the music, the lovely background music that we got going on right now. All Here right. Go. So I got control of the timer. Oh shit! And uh, can someone try to keep track of what you guys guess? Because I realize I have to do the timer while I'm doing these as well. Oh, okay, fair enough. I can make notes. Um, so if you want to get ready, I've just been typing like number one, and then I type the clue, and then I type what each person guessed. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, while you're doing that, Avalie says Sonic Crush is a Catherine spinoff as. Amy and Sonic 2016 human cause conflict with Sonic. I think I have a story right idea. now. Let's do it. Let's take it out. All right. Yeah, do the TM on that real quick, Avalie. Yeah, get it out there. Um, 
All right, you guys yeah. ready? Let's do this. Okay, clue number one. Based off a movie. Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, do you have a guess? Uh, Hook. Hook. And fuck you, Tornado Jones, uh, for your guess of Resident Evil. <laughs> All of those are wrong. <laughs> That's a good guess, actually. Oh, brother. Um, no, uh, but no, it is not Hook or Incredible Hulk based off a movie. Clue number two. Uh, it was remade into a JRPG. Whoa. That got real weird. Based off a movie. You can... I don't think we outlawed... Friday the 13th. Um, I don't think we outlawed turning around and just looking at your collection, Graham. Oh, good. Did we last time? I mean, like, if you can do it quickly enough... I don't know. Uh, chat doesn't have anything. Is that, is that a clue for me? It's, it's definitely a game I have. Oh, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, these stuff a movie we made into an uh, I can't even think. I can't. I don't, That's I don't okay. Know. Uh, I'm, I'm, wait, Chris, do you have any guesses? Out. He said Friday the 13th. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Shining Force. I, no idea. Oh, here we go, huh? <laughs> okay. That movie. It is not Shining Force or Friday the 13th. Chat guessed The Matrix, also incorrect. Um, okay. Uh, clue number three. It encountered censorship immediately in different regions. Oh, God. Oh. What? I realize now a lot of these can be said about almost any game. Well, except for the second one, but... Censorship immediately in different regions. Remade into a JLP. What was the second clue? The second clue was it was based on a movie or? Uh, first clue was based off a movie. Second clue remade into a JRPG. Third one encountered censorship immediately in different regions. Oh. Chat just says, hmm. Uh, Ram sounds like he's, something's brewing, but it's hurting. He's staring at his shelf. He's standing up. Looks like he's going to take a major shit because he's just like, oh, what's happening? I don't even have my collection. I'm staring at my collection. Why have I bought any of these? Why is my life such a lie? I should know what he's talking about, but I don't. I can't go on until I figure this out. And he's he's practically doing squats of anger. (laughs) I've got an idea of the end of a game. I can't remember what it's called. I don't have it. Chris, do you have anything? Chris is looking Uh, down in disappointment. I'm writing. I'm writing. Oh. oh no! Oh. <laughs> I love this game. Oh, oh man! That, that, if I vaguely Throw guess what it might there. be, but can't remember the name, can I, can that work? Um, uh, what did you say? If, if, if I vaguely guess roughly what it is, but I can't remember the name of the game, would that work? <laughs> um, say what you're thinking. Um, so it's it's one of those. I believe it's like released on like the Mega CD first or something. Or it's on the Mega CD, and it, like base kind of like on. Um, oh gosh, from the name of the movie now. Ah, the, it's Harrison Ford movie. He's an, there's like androids in it and stuff, uh, and they released another new version. Uh, oh, what? It's why can't I remember? To watch this happen. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even going to help you here, Graham, because I know what you're talking about. But you're my you're my enemy here, so you get oh. 
Well, it's not like you lose any points, so do you want me to go on to the next clue? Oh, uh, maybe then. Uh, you want to guess it? Yeah, you're going to over, the, Graham. You don't go on to the next clue. The time's over. The go on to the next clue. Neither of you set a guess for that one. So right now we've got based off a movie, remade into a JRPG, and encountered censorship immediately. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, Chad, you're getting there. I would say, uh, did I already, did I already guess this time? That's Neither right. of you set a guess Robocop. for clue number three here. Blade Runner was the movie. Blade Runner was the movie. <laughs> What was the game? <laughs> he's was dying. The... Oh, he's dying. <laughs> Robocop? Robocop. Uh, I will say Robocop is not it. Man. <sighs> I, I won't oh, look at the God. chat either. Uh, chat is demanding the fourth clue now. Do you guys want it? Let's go. It. Let's do it. Uh, fourth clue was released on two generations worth of Sega consoles. Oh, that's tougher. Okay, then it's well, not the game I was thinking of. That's Saturn. I would either it could either be Master System into Genesis. Yeah, it's so you got like a twenty-five percent chance of guessing that since Sega had four consoles essentially, four main mainline consoles. Master System Genesis, Sega Saturn, Dreamcast was released on two generations of it. I will add to that it is not a sports game. <laughs> Somebody getting a call or something. Somebody's buzzing. Chat. Um, sorry, chat. Uh, I can't. I don't know if I can say what chat said. Because that might give it away. I wouldn't say give it. it away. Yeah. Give it away now. <laughs> chat, you're getting close, though. Uh, right. So to sum up, based off a movie, remade into a JRPG, encountered censorship immediately in different regions, was released on two generations worth of Sega consoles. Oh, I can't remember the name of that game I'm thinking of. Oh, that's really. Oh, I'm not sure if you're. Wait. I, okay, wait, wait, wait. No shit. Chat, you're chat you're too. getting colder now. Chat, you're getting colder. You were warmer. Uh, with your guest specifically, Corey, but uh, Tornado Jones. Um, Abilene, I don't know how you got to that, but I can sort of understand your train of thought at the same time. Um, two generations. Remember, you can you can use a Google it, uh, like a Google phone a friend, I don't know what to call it, lifeline. So do you guys want to do, like, I'll time you for, you'll get, like, what do we say, like, 15 seconds to Google it. Okay. Is yeah. that enough time to type something in? So get so get your browser ready, and then I'll, I'll, I'll hit... Hmm? I just remember the name of the game that I was thinking of. Oh, okay, go for it. But now I'm not sure if it's the right one. Was it Snatcher? Oh my god, just guess. <laughs> What'd you say? Snatcher. Boom, we have a winner! God damn it! Duh. It is Ding, 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 ding. Uh, so the chat said, the clue that I did not want to say, or the answer that I did not want to say that Tornado Jones said was Blade Runner. Avali said, all I can think of is D that was on the Sega CD, I think. Um, then Tornado Jones said Shin Megami Tensei. Then he said, what? And uh, uh, Tornado Jones said, this some bullshit. So <laughs> I, 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 
was trying to think of the name. All I could think of was Strider in my head. It kept coming back to Strider. I'm like, that's yeah. not the game. I again kept, kept, um, I kept, kept thinking Night Trap for some reason, even though I knew it wasn't Night Trap. But I was like, oh my god. And I did say Blade Runner at one point, but it might have been after the chat said, I don't know. But yeah, I was just uh, like... You said that, and I think I... Actually, I don't know. I might not have heard you say that, so oh, I apologize. Oh, I said the, the, but... the movie is Blade Runner. I suddenly said that. I said that out loud. Oh, I, okay. I definitely didn't Maybe hear that. Too Abilene says, Abilene says, son of a bitch. I thought of that earlier, but didn't think it was a JRPG. So my first clue is sort of a trick because it's not, it, it, is, it is not a Blade Runner video game, but it is literally a Blade Runner video game. Um, Chris knows this. He's played it. Graham, have you actually played Snatcher? No, I have not, sir. Okay, uh, this is another plug for Cliff's Repair Zone or whatever the hell it's called that does repros <laughs> because this is a repro that I have uh, that's a lot cheaper than the, um, what's it called, the original game would be because the manual that I can't get out of the frickin' box right now is also very well done. It's got some color comics there and everything, so mm. um, Skyro says I was so off base. Uh, but yeah, Kojima made this game. It's made by Konami. It's basically super inspired by Blade Runner, Terminator, Akira. Um, the the next clue that I had was involves a character who Paul impe- uh, who appeared in the game twenty years later. That's Metal Gear Mark II. Um, yeah. My other clues involved the easier ones were was recently re released on one of the many mini consoles because the Turbo Graphics slash PC Engine mini console has Snatcher on it. Um, however, to lead into the next clue, the English version was never re-released because that version on the PC Engine Mini is Japanese. Um, uh, my next clue, I guess, might be a little too difficult if you're not into anime, but I said that it has a harem-type ending because um, it's just a little bit ridiculous how there's so many girls randomly that are into Gillian. Um Oh, and, oh, Tornado Jones just gifted a sub to Scour the Dragon. So thank you for oh, that, nice. sir. Thank you. You get some you get some special emotes, such as my face. Um, the other <laughs> clues were uses a light gun. And then the last clue, which I don't know if it was helpful or would have been, it said the later half of the game includes long cut scenes, which, were, which has warranted both complaints and praise by the fan base. Okay. Um, so the thing that I learned in researching for this game... It was made into a JRPG called SD Snatcher. S is in Sally, oh, yeah. D is in Delta. Super Demented Snatcher, which is a full JRPG with super deformed character or super de- whatever the tiny like shrunk down characters are. Um, so it's got the same story and everything. Yeah, chibi ish. Uh, but you have like an actual overlay of battles and running around different areas and stuff like that. I learned that doing this, and I kind of want to play that now. Um, even though I'm sure it's so much longer just because of that, maybe feels a little drown, drawn out. But Snatcher was released. Oh, let's go back to the other clue. Uh, it was released on Sega CD and also Sega Saturn. Yes, yeah. Oh, and that, then that, for the censorship, was... there uh, there is an exposed boob that was totally censored in uh, the American release. Uh, I think outside of Japan, basically. There's also a severed head that does not show up, I believe, in the Japan release, because that's kind of taboo decapitation. Um, but it was censored immediately for other other regions. I, I, I believe there was also a picture, like a bit with a dead dog in it or something. And in yeah. the Japanese version, there's blood or there's bits twitching in it, whereas that was, it was just a still image in the outside of Japan, basically. Uh, yeah, for some reason that makes a difference. 
Yeah, uh, somewhere. But yeah. I genuinely, I genuinely was thinking of this on the remade into JRPG one. Like when you said, basically, oh really? Like that was that was what I was going. Oh my god! And I was like looking at my shelf, thinking, do I have this? But I don't have it. I don't. So I was just like, oh. And yeah, that censorship thing really cemented it for me, and that's why I was like, oh. Yeah. Good. Nice. Excellent. So <laughs> did you? You knew that it was made into a JRPG. Uh, yeah, I did. I knew about SD okay. Snatcher. Yeah. That was a brand new thing for me. I had to look up a playthrough to see like if this was a legit game or or whatever. Um, yeah. If someone's asked me if Snatcher was a JRPG, I probably would have gone no. But when you said it was remade into JRPG, I was like, yeah, that that game was, yeah, yeah. And nice. I thought based off a movie cool. was would have been one of those things. It's like, oh, maybe because I knew that was kind of basically based off Blade Runner that game, effectively. I'm going to pimp limited run more because I have the cassette, courtesy of Chris, actually. He got this for me. The cassette soundtrack. Cool little red thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah, Snatcher is good. Snatcher is... It's not for everybody. It's it's a it's a text adventure, if anything. It's an act, uh, sort of action-y with the gun parts, but um, I recommend it. We did a sideshow. We did, I think, three episodes of the sideshow <laughs> dedicated to it between us and Anti-Chris. Um... Good stuff. Yeah. So excellent. what's that uh, bring the scoreboard up to? Um, oh, God, I've just actually just forgotten. Uh, so I got Good job. one just then. <laughs> I forgot to make notes of who got... So Chris Chris got one. Uh, dear. Damn that guy. Uh, Chris got one. Graham got one. And... Wait. I've just forgotten who guessed stuff. So Chris got mine straight away. I got yours, Scotty. Who got mine? Get... Who got Chris's? Graham did. Did yeah, I think you got two points. I got two right. points. What a twist. Yep. Yes. Yes. I'm building them up. I'm now drawing the Scotty who has three points. So this is very exciting. Everybody, this Where is everything's exciting. made up and the points don't matter. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, but, uh, it's all to play for for the uh, for the chat. So going forward, the chat is involved. You can guess. We will try and uh, give out points where we can. So excellent. You got close. Yeah. Or roar. <laughs> so with that i guess that finishes that feature but also finishes the show so chris have we got any uh magazine announcements coming out at all anytime soon or are we i hope so i hope so i keep saying uh soon but i'm, I'm gonna keep saying uh soon because okay. we will have something uh to announce here here very okay. quickly so and Scotty, do we have any uh, site or streaming or whatever announcements? Anything else going out there? Uh, recently on the site, we did our top game of 2020. The staff, the whole staff took part in that. Um, so that's a good read. Go ahead and check that out. There's a good bit of news going on here and there. Um, and we uh, are streaming almost every day of the week, uh, including today since we're doing this live, 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 live. Um, Monday, TJ Kitsune does Fantasy Star Online 2 stuff, typically, or something else. Uh, lately, he's been doing a Thomas Wave. It's right. not the yeah. South Park console. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tuesdays, I've been taking over. I'm going to do maybe a retro shooter this week. I was playing Turok recently. Um, that game is boring at times. No! There's, if you don't know where you're going, I... I lost interest, like, and I switched over to Sonic Transform, Sonic Racing oh, Transform, after you, I did the third level. 
Dude, I, I, there's I so much, so many times where there's just nothing happening. If you don't know where you're going, oh, it, I, it's, I, it's I will make you love that game, sir. Let's let's do this. Let me jump on. It's not Hand me it those works. controls. No. Get me on the path set. I'll, I'll take control. <laughs> but Skyro's asking for a uh, Golden Axe stream, Graham. Maybe you should do Beast Rider one of these days. I could do Golden Axe Beast Rider. Oh, actually, I that's, actually that's the typical the thought video. process of Chris. The 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 audience <laughs> asks for something, he gives them the thing they do not want, but slightly related to. <laughs> hey, you didn't specify which golden axe here, so um, we could we we'll could try to golden, golden axe at some point. Yeah, but we've got uh, Wednesday. I can't remember. There's almost something. If you follow our Twitter, we have the schedule posted every week. Thursday, we are doing Thursday night throwdown with Scott Pilgrim since that game is releasing that day. Uh, happy birthday to me, I guess. And we'll hey. be doing some of that online. And then Friday, Chris and Graham. Uh, do you guys know what you're playing this coming week? What are we playing, Graham? Hopefully, maybe some more Sea of Thieves. I don't know. Or do you want to do something different? Let's do some Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. We we were terrible last time, so let's be (laughs) slightly less terrible. I feel like we at least have to redeem ourselves before we Yeah, we need to do something. We need to beat some fires up. Scotty, check the uh, chat tornado. Mm. Sonic Racing transformed next week, he says. So that should be cool. Um, Good. Mm. And then... Shoot, sorry. I'm trying to log in. Uh, the thing kicked me out so that we can raid somebody. Uh, Friday, so you guys are doing that. And then Saturday, Antichrist has been streaming Fantasy Star 4. Um, okay. And been making progress in that, which is pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, we got something going on just about every day of the week, people. So keep yeah, an eye on Twitter. Sure coming out on the website as well of like what games that we're most looking forward to in 2021 so that's going to be coming very yeah, soon either this week or next but that's going to be a lot of the uh the staffers are joined in on that uh it's a follow-up to the one where we just uh look back at our favorite games of 2020 so now we're kind of looking ahead cool so yeah and if if anybody listening or watching whatever it's actually on the screen for anyone watching but if you want to follow us or anything you can find us at megavisionsmag.com where we do uh regular news and features and stuff from there we are also on twitter at megavisionsmag instagram at megavisions facebook at megavisionsmag and you can support our magazine physical and digital magazine uh we do gaming news lots of sega focused stuff but also a little bit of indie and other bits and pieces here and there uh it's on patreon.com forward slash megavisions so there you can find us and uh scotty are you loading up a raid we're going to take someone down everything's on fire no um no, i'm not ready it's not, it's not happening it's not working it's not raidy Okay. I was trying to ask the chat who we should raid, and I realized I wasn't logged in as Megavisions. I was logged in myself, so I had to log out and then log back in, and it wasn't taking the password. I don't know who we should raid because nobody's online right now, so let's see if anybody's playing Snatcher. I don't think anyone is. Nope. Oh, Sky uh, Dragons just mentioned someone. Who, what are they, and who? who is their daddy, Mas- and what do they do? Master Go 89 all one word. And uh, thanks, uh, Avery Lee. There. Thanks for joining Jim us. Barney, uh, charity stream. It is? Okay. Well, that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently um, he's play, playing Genshin Impact. I'm not sure what okay. that is, but we can... Uh, yeah, go. That sounds about right, because that's a super popular game. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Graham, I love you. Um, <laughs> no idea. No idea. 
we oops oh god everything's broken everything's fucking broken i was gonna try to look up something else that somebody's playing what was another game you guys suggested what was one of our games that we uh crushed oh! i bet no one's playing that i've got genshin impact on my computer i just never played it i've actually downloaded oh my god <laughs> thanks right, guys we're gonna we'll raid you <laughs> that's yeah. good oh dear we'll and, go uh, ahead and if i can get back to our main page we'll go ahead and raid him and see what he's doing right now um but yeah guys again hmm? i'll go ahead i'm sorry i had nothing i was just okay. saying he says genshin impact is the breath of the wild meets jrpg so that could be something that uh totally throws in more fire fuel to the fire for graham talking shit about breath of the wild yeah. <laughs> it could oh, uh tornado um, says the wait so we're gonna wait because he's he's oh, okay. the stream captain essentially the yeah. twitch okay, captain the enough. captain uh, uh, captain uh, of uh, our uh, twitches while you're saying that avi lee says this was fun thanks guys thank you for joining us avi lee thank you thank you everybody else go the dragon tornado jones thanks for joining us hopping in getting in the bowl in the chat that's been great uh yeah graham is a breath of the wild hater i'm not necessarily a hater <laughs> Okay, I need to be I'm very careful with my words here. I think it's not a good Zelda game, but I do think it's a good game. That's my thing about Breath of the Wild. I, I'm a big fan of the Zelda games, but I don't think Breath of the Wild's a good Zelda game. But yeah. <laughs> um, I think you're going to end up saying that once a week. At, yeah, at this basically. Rate. <laughs> um, so, no, okay. sorry, don't we rescind are... that. Don't rescind that. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so Jelson Sensei, Jel Sensei is streaming Sonic Transform. We'll go ahead and raid them. And Corey said, Tornado Jones, whoever you want to be, said they are looking forward to Scott Pilgrim. So we're going to hop in there. I hit the enter button. Graham, go ahead and do your shit. We're going to raid them about eight seconds, seven, whatever. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Keep an eye on us on Twitter. Thanks for hanging out. Stay safe Excellent out there. Excellent to each other. Yeah. Are we raiding? And we are now raiding with no- Honey, I gotta tell you about this sandwich.